This is Nancy, and you're listening to the Vanilla Beaners podcast. This is Kirsten, and you're listening to the Vanilla Beaners podcast. What's up, Paul? Nothing. No, there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> Everything's going on. I'm just going to cover this real quick. We were talking about before the podcast, Selena, how Sunday morning at about 4.45, my nephew, he's 20, he had a seizure. And the medics came and took him to, to the hospital, but for he had stopped breathing. And I'm glad my son was up still. So was my nephew. They were playing games. And... Uh, that's one of the scariest moments of my life. Uh, it, 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 it's, um, I thought he was going to die right there. So I, that just puts a lot of things into perspective for me. And right. he's doing a lot better now. He's, he's sore because he tensed up. So right now my wife and I are just immersed in, because he also has autism. And, and so we're immersed in autism epilepsy video games how it stimulates people with autism and, and epilepsy of the mind and, and this is what's called what we saw referred to as video game induced seizures and um that's that was just extremely scary like i said it's one of the scariest moments of my life and i've had i think i've had quite a few but that's up there it's because he's a kid yeah. and he's 20 he's still a kid though and it, it for him, I thought he was thought he was dying right there. I didn't, we didn't know, we didn't we didn't know. I never seen anybody have a seizure before, and we're telling him all the the steps we're taking to 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 minimize this, or so it doesn't happen again. Mm-hmm. It, I've told my wife, it feels like I'm being selfish in this because. I don't want to experience that. I don't want to go through that again. It's 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 one of the most helpless feelings I've ever had. Right. And um, he's he's taking his medication again. We've got him lined up with a neurologist and uh, about to take him to a chiropractor tomorrow, I believe, because he's still a little bit sore. But it's uh, I don't wish it upon anybody. And that's what that's what happened. It seems this what is today Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. See, it, <laughs> yeah. We were up. My wife and I. We went to bed about two o'clock that morning. We were working in the garage and and just working on this cabinet. And um, so two o'clock, woke up at four forty-five. My son woke us up, and it was extremely scary. I, I don't have any other words. Normally I do, but yeah. that's what uh, that's what been happening there. So, on that positive note. <laughs> <laughs> on that positive note yeah he's here he came with me today we yeah. just don't want him at the my son has bat, uh, baseball practice and so he came with me over here we just don't want him at the house by like himself alone. right now yeah, yeah because we don't we even showed my seven year old if some reason he's there with my nephew and something happens how to turn him over on his side mm-hmm. you put your 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 was it right arm and your your right leg your right to as a like you put their leg up where it's a like a triangle, a knee, but they're laying down, and then you you use their knee and their elbow to roll them over on the side. I can't remember what side that was, but my wife was 
showing my seven year old dad and then my twelve year old and Yeah. So yeah, it was uh I keep on saying scary. Uh, that's, it's, yeah, I, I'd imagine so. I yeah. mean, especially because you had mentioned that he was unresponsive, and that's, yeah. I mean, it's in somebody that's young, and you don't, like, if you're not prepared for yeah. it, it can be horrifying. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't wish for anybody else, but that's why he's here with me. He's not in the room, but he's, uh, he's watching TV right now, which I don't know if that's good for yeah. him either, but. So, what about you, Selena? Um, just been working, going yeah. to the protests a little bit, um, still trying to take precautions against uh, against the virus doing like masks and yeah. hand sanitizing and stuff if i do have to leave the house for any reason yeah um that's about it though not i'm not really up to anything i've been going to the protests i've been trying to like do research and trying to um kind of understand my own personal biases and try to like really dissect why i feel the way that i do and why it's um because I am, like, on the on the side of, like, um, defunding the police mm-hmm. and everything. And, like, I, I'm a strong believer in all these things. But sometimes I'm not sure why I am. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing research to try to educate myself in, in, in that respect. But other than that, not really, not really doing a whole lot, I guess. Yeah. Let me ask you, where are we at with the open mic stuff? Oh, as far as... Um, all comedy shows we're not uh planning on returning until the um city government gives the okay for all restaurants to be open at 100 percent capacity mm-hmm. and uh no um restrictions on social distancing so i mean seeing the way the cases are going up now i don't anticipate that it's going to be anytime soon unfortunately where are we at right now with percentage wise for love is it 30 i think they're uh capacity yeah uh restaurants are at 75 i think bars are at 50 oh yeah yeah but I mean, it's they're not. Most restaurants are not following these guidelines at all, from from yeah. what I can tell with the cars in the parking lots. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> I mean, just going to Target, nobody's yeah. wearing a mask. That place is full. There's no like, I I don't really feel like we're gonna be able to return anytime soon safely. Hmm. But I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. But I the um, kind of big reason we're doing the show. I know we've taken a couple weeks off, uh, just with everything that's going on and I really hate that phrase everything that's going on uh, that's super hacky but with the current global pandemic and all the protests and stuff that's been happening against police brutality uh, we really wanted to talk about it but we didn't want to talk about it from I mean we do want to share our own personal experiences but we also want to talk about it with people that are more um, educated and more involved and that can give us kind of um, a broader perspective of of what the movement is and and what what we're trying to change so today we have nancy glitterati and kirsten uh two of the organizers of the local protests here hey (laughs) how's it going all right (laughs) no i was like oh i was like oh she just broke um so nancy tell us about yourself like where are you from how'd you how'd you get into this um, so I've been in, like, living in Lubbock, like, going over four years for sure now. I'm, I'm originally born in Napa Valley, California, but, mm-hmm. like, my family is basically from, like, California and Texas. So mm-hmm. all throughout my life I've been, like, living, like, like, a lot of my family is more, like, San Antonio area, only, like, later in my life was, did I, like, relocate more towards, like, so, you know, South Plains up here. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, California and Texas, and I think... Like, 
I've always sort of, in a way, like, been an activist, you know, I've always had, like, strong opinions about, like, the government and strong opinions about, like, what's wrong and what's right, and I could never, like, as a kid, understand, like, how a system can be so flawed and how I could feel a certain way about things, but yet, like, this is just how it is, and we're just, you know, I felt like we, like, at a, as a kid, we're, like, educated to, like, be content with how things are, Mind you, it's public education, so, you know, there's a long history even with education in itself on how we're taught. But, you know, other than that, like, you know, I'm an artist as well, so it's like, I think that's why I just feel so strongly about it in general, just because, you know, me as an artist, I'm just a sensitive person, you know? And, like, I'll always be that type of person, like, I'm not afraid to say I'm sensitive and I'm really vulnerable, but, of course, like, anything within like that spectrum of like activism uh, like I'm always just gonna be naturally a part of I feel like it didn't really start like taking place up until like this year basically Mm -hmm. so yep and Christian how about you um well I'm 25 and I've lived in Lubbock my entire life um my family is just just a little bit of background I'm sorry my family very very um right-wing conservative so growing up like the school that i went to like my just just my parents picked it because there were only two black people in the whole district which is really infuriating now as an adult thinking about it as a child it was so normalized i never really understood that it was hateful but i didn't understand why my parents were like that either um so as I got older and I like in school and stuff, my school also was very conservative, I guess would be the word, but um, you know, it was very whitewashed and doing history reports and stuff. And you try to do, trying to do my own research, like it did not, uh, I guess it did not make sense with what the teachers were telling us and what the reports were supposed to be over and what I was finding in my own books and online. And so that is how I like, I just started questioning my family. I was like, well, why do you feel like this? And how can I like change myself? Like how can I unlearn so many things that have been instilled in me? And then, yeah, like, I guess, it has been also just more recent that I tried to be more involved because it did take a long time for me to unlearn a lot of that stuff and to educate myself properly. And I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. No, you're good. Uh, but I think that what really, what really the activism, what triggered it in me was the when mass shootings, like when I got old enough, to see what was going on and there were mass shootings that's what started it mm-hmm. and then um then of course like the police brutality the police brutality and the disproportionate rates that black people are killed by police officers like that is infuriating and it just fuels a lot of it and that's how it started. I'm sorry. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. No, you're good. No, no, no. I, I, t- I totally feel it. Like, I'm. it's cool to hear, like, 
a white person basically say that you know like my straight up like my parents like tried their hardest to like instill things in me because like and it resonated so much just because like me you know as a latinx mexican whatever you want to say i just preferred as just to say like either indigenous because like 50 percent i technically am indigenous but like it takes me back to like being young and like not understanding why like my mom and my dad didn't care about teaching me Spanish. Like I'm not very mm-hmm. fluent at all. Right. I can probably understand some things and I know a few words and I listen to some Spanish music here and there, but it's like I, you know, essentially don't know. But like I remember I will never forget the day when I was just like, you know, try to like understand that like why didn't why didn't you teach me? And a lot of it like I'm from like NorCal. And that's like Napa Valley, Mm -hmm. you know. It's a little more conservative. Yeah. And, you know, more like um, more yuppie, I guess, in a sense. And like them just telling me shit. She she just told me she's like, I just I want it. I want you to like talk properly. I want you to like basically be in this world like that. And they want you to assimilate. Yeah. You you don't have to face as much adversity as you Pretty would otherwise. Pretty much, and, like, I, like, I'll never forget that day, because in my head, I was just like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. like, are you kidding me? And, like, I, like I, I get it now that I'm older, but I still feel like, 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 it's just sad that, that you they know, that felt they, like they needed to do that. Yeah, because, and, because like then for me. they were doing you a favor. Yeah, exactly, because now, like, I'm older, and I'm just, like, I really wish, like, I had a lot of, like, more culture that's inside my culture. It's like, of course, there's a lot of things I'm a part of as well, and I'm like, I know about, and I feel comfortable with, but they're still like, oh, man, like, and especially within, like, the community, you know, you're discriminated against if you can't speak Spanish. Right. And so, like, all of that, and understanding, and then all of that, and then you get the you know, a slap in the face from, like, your elders, like, oh, well, you're not Mexican if you can't yeah, speak this, yeah. or you're not, you know, you're basically white if you can't do this, and to me, like, that's so hurtful, like, I remember being young and just being like, why does it have to be this way, yeah. you know, but, yeah, like, I feel like it's a big thing talking about, like, our generations before us and how they are a part of what's going on, because yeah. I'm seeing, like, a lot of, even, like, older people, like, older white men at the protests, you know, out there and like saying you know at at least being out there and showing something because i think that's like a huge step to change is when you have like the old heads understanding and finally figuring out like okay like this is really happening right now this is not my i think it's like it i think it got stuck in this weird thing to where like oh our grandparents had to deal with that or like our yeah. you know our grandparents and our parents had to deal with that so now we don't have to which would be essentially like the 80s and 90s well like late 80s and the 90s mm-hmm. and then like not really like understanding it's like no we have to like keep going yeah like we have to just keep pushing it and then just like complacency you know and, right but but yeah i think that's definitely like important as far as all yeah. that stuff when i have kind of a similar background uh, to you, like both of my parents are from families that are from Mexico, so I'm fully, fully Mexican. That's the term that I prefer. But when people look at me, they don't see that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when I speak, people don't hear that. And the way that I behave, and the because because I grew up in a very white neighborhood. Like when I was a kid, we I lived in this house. I went to that school that's across the street. Uh. Like mostly mostly white. There were more people of color there. Then um, when I was ten, I went to school in. Greenwood, 
and we had in my entire school there were two people who were half black there were there were a bunch of hispanics um i would say maybe 30 to 40 percent hispanic but there were only two people that were half black so i never really grew up around um people of color and because they were in this community that was mostly white we kind of all just um for the most part assimilated just to not have that sort of like tension like nobody wanted to deal with it especially at a school that was as small as the one that i went to Mm -hmm. um and like i don't i don't speak fluent spanish uh my mom didn't teach me spanish because i was going to an english school she didn't want me to i feel like she didn't want me to have to um like face the adversity that yeah that she and her siblings faced and Mm. and stuff like that and and a lot of my family is like that especially the second generation like none of us really speak spanish we don't like none of us make tortillas like we're not really engulfed in the culture as much and that's kind of where our podcast name comes from vanilla beaners because um that's like yeah I'm, i'm i'm mexican and i'm trying to like reclaim that term for myself because just because I'm light-skinned doesn't make me any less Mexican or any less proud of, of my heritage and my culture. Just because I might not know as much about it, but I would want to be a part of it if if I felt like... Not that I feel like I'm not welcome, but I do feel very self-conscious around people that are... Um, like, people that speak mostly Spanish, people that are not, like, more more Mexican, but people that grew up in the culture when I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel kind of a level of, of separation. Yeah. It, it's definitely there, you know, it's definitely there. I, yeah. I think within, like, America's history, you know, our culture is just so kind of just lost. And, and not even just, like, lost, but because of, like, you know, colonization, it's intentionally, like, gone right for like uh, to a certain degree so it and it and it ties into like the whole like um like generational kind of pain kind of thing you Mm -hmm. know what i mean i feel like it's just a snowballing effect and that's why i feel like a lot of people get misunderstanding from the black community when it like comes to things that they're outraged and then you get like rioting and looting which really comes with like any sort of revolution if you think about it yeah but like people not like having the empathy or even like the sympathy of understanding like just imagine like yeah if like all your generations come from this one place you're uprooted taken to this other place then you're treated like like horribly right like i can only imagine so I just think like it's just so like the yeah. the lines are just like super blurred when it comes to that kind yeah. of stuff. When it's kind of like what um, Kirsten was saying too, like we're not educated that way when we go through school. Like even I mean mm-hmm. Paul Paul's in his forties, so he's a lot older than us. Calm down, forty one. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean Paul wasn't educated that way, and Paul has had like some experiences with police officers mm-hmm. that weren't that were negative. He kind of grew up on the side of town where. A lot of the Hispanics grew up. He grew up in a neighborhood that's that was like our upbringings are completely opposite. Mine mm, and Paul's. Like yeah. I grew up very sheltered, very protected. Um, I never thought about racial inequality because I didn't really have to. Yeah. Because I mean, I felt like it didn't apply to me, and it does. Like it applies to everybody. But I mean, Paul had kind of the an opposite opposite uh, experience growing up. Yeah, yeah. What what you were saying, uh, remnant. Re- um, um, I can't believe I'm at a loss for words right now. What you were saying uh, resonated with me a little bit as far as 
with and you too, Selena, we've gone over this. Yeah. With like my dad. So for my family, you've got we've been here. So I say been here, but let's see, third, fourth, fifth generation. Yeah. From Lubbockite, right? So Slayton, Lubbock, and then my great grandpa was from Post, Texas, and then I believe his his parents were from Mexico, and then my dad's side, my great. I think my great grandpa, my great great grandpa was from Mexico. I don't know. There's a lot of dudes. We all look alike, right? So, we, uh, <clears throat> my dad emphasized speaking the English language well so that we weren't discriminated yeah. because of how we spoke, right? You know, chair versus, you know, take this chair, yeah. mm-hmm. sit down, stuff like that. And that's where, if anything, that's that's helped me in in life, whether it was in the military or even within within. I hate saying this, like corporate world, work with AT&T and then um, Home Depot and management and and being able to to communicate and express what I feel and what I think that, I mean, I'm, I'm glad my dad did that. But there's a big part of me, too, working in Hobbs, New Mexico and dealing with real Mexicans, as they call it, because well, I'm a fake Mexican to them, right? Yeah, yeah. But dealing with them, I wish we had that. I mean, I could still learn it. I just haven't put the time in. I haven't made the time to, to learn Spanish. Um, do I feel that it's hindered me? No, but I don't feel, part of me doesn't feel as Mexican as I should. And I say Mexican with an S just because I'm, I'm, I'm born in 1978. So, and, and growing up where I was at, growing up in my neighborhood, there was a lot of Mexicans there. Here's, when I grew up in my neighborhood, my friends, my schools, it was, Mexicans are here, blacks are over there, whites are over here. That's just, mm-hmm. that's that's the way it was. I don't think I've ever felt intimidated by by a certain group just because of what what what, what their skin color is or what their religion or, or, or their sexual orientation. I don't I don't think I've ever felt that before. And maybe I should have it sometimes, but I'm I've always been very confident with with who I am, especially after the age of 15, you know, that's whenever I came into my own. But um, I think we have a lot of the same story with with our parents wanting us to speak English and speak mm-hmm. English well. And I don't hold that against him. I don't hold anything my dad did against us, uh, against him or even my mom. But I do do kind of wish they had they had uh, made us speak Spanish because they speak it. Yeah, I understand it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't speak it fluently. Yeah. And it that's come back in 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 Hobbs. I remember uh, I was a, I was a manager with Home Depot and and I was telling this one lady in Spanish that I can help her out. I don't speak English. I don't speak Spanish fluently, but I can I can help you. And she looked at me and she told me in Spanish, "Go get somebody who does speak Spanish." <laughs> God. I mean, I'm not surprised, <laughs> I said, I said, but right. <laughs> So right there, I should have learned. I should I should have maybe taken up Spanish. Do I hold that against that woman either? No, no, I don't. It's just yeah. I don't. I don't know it. I don't. I, I understand it. I just can't speak it fluently. Yeah. Um. I don't. The older I've gotten, I've let a lot. Of, I've. I've. I think I'm becoming more like my father in 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 almost being a pushover, uh, especially with my kids. But letting stuff, letting certain stuff go. And here's an example of that. It's there was this kid walking down the street. And the other day, and he he he's he's hitting his fist right up to 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 his hand, hitting it, punching over and over. And a, a younger me would have been like, 
Look at the kid thinks he's a badass. <laughs> and what went through my head is, I wonder what he's so mad at. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. It's not, not, not look at this kid trying to be a badass, but I wonder what's bothering him. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think we're on the same wavelength here. And, and um, Kirsten, I uh, would like to know what school that was, but I don't want you to say it though. I, don't want <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think we see that a lot, especially with the younger generation. Like you were saying, people are unlearning the things that. Uh, like kind of the propaganda that was basically pushed on us from the time that we entered into school. We're kind of unlearning it and learning what the actual truth is. And because um, and, and we say that a lot, especially now with people talking about um, Martin Luther King and he yeah. wasn't about riots. He was about peaceful protests and everything. They take a lot of the things that he said out of context because that's we learned this nice flowery image in high school. And it's not until um, at least most of us. I mean, I. I probably just speaking for myself, but that's what I learned in high school. And I didn't learn any differently until maybe like two or three years ago. No. And I'm 28. Like it's, it's easy to see how people are confused about his message and uh, what the, the civil rights movement really was about whenever they aren't, we're not taught that because they don't want like, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it the government or if you just want to call it the man or like the status quo or whatever. They don't want their like nobody wants unrest because mm -hmm. it it makes people uncomfortable, especially like rich, white, comfortable, like rich, white people. Yeah. Uh, they get very uncomfortable when they have to see things that don't necessarily fit into their narrative. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I think it's important that we're all unlearning the things that we that that were pushed upon us. And I mean, especially for for somebody like Kirsten, who didn't necessarily grow up like who grew up with a family that was very conservative like my family wasn't necessarily conservative like they've always been uh, democrats but they're like i will say nobody in my family has married a black person mm, yeah and almost everybody that's second generation like me almost all of them are married to white people so there is like even though there's no there's no overt racism there is still kind of this feeling like my family maybe isn't comfortable with black people and yeah. i never thought about it until until i got older yeah i i heard something interesting the other day and i forgot where and it was on the same subject right mm -hmm. and they had said that what was it like older you know mexicans it's it might have been like on Facebook crazily enough something along the lines of like it's not that they're racist quotations it's that they see how people are treated that are black mm -hmm. and so their go-to is like don't be associated with them because of like all the struggles that we already have to deal with yeah and I think that that's just like one perspective because there there are you know Mexicans who are definitely racist, but I thought that was an interesting perspective because I'd never thought of it like that. Mm -hmm. You know maybe because it's funny. You know my dad has said some questionable things before, and my mom and I'm like for me that like I'm definitely the type of child that'll be like but why but why would you say that and yeah. like question and try to understand my hardest. And, um, of course, it wouldn't really get explanations, but hearing someone kind of break it down, it's like, oh, we just kind of don't want to be tied into that. Because I've had an experience where, like, my biological dad had told me straight up one time, and, like, you know, I've been single for a minute, and he was just like, oh, well, find you, you know, a white guy. 
And I'm yeah. just like, I remember that moment. Like, just like, why? what? <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> yeah, like, he told me straight up. He's like, find you, you know, a white guy. And I just, like, was kind of taken. Like, still even, like, yeah. bringing it up. Because, like, it reminded me, since you mentioned that, I was just like, yeah, yeah wow. Like, that's a, yeah. that's definitely something there, you know? But... And it's not like it doesn't come from a place of bad intentions, mostly when people say stuff like that. I mean, I would like to think that they just kind of want you to have an easier go of things. Like, they don't want to, like you were saying, add to the struggle. But I think they don't realize that that comes from this form of, like, um, I mean, it's really just kind of prejudice. Like, yeah, uh, because it's like because they they feel like all people of color, like all black people kind of experience the same thing. Maybe they're all of the same cast mm-hmm. when that's not necessarily, it's obviously not true. Um, and it, like, he probably had good intentions, but I think sometimes you have to sit, you do have to sit there and question why you have to examine. Why do you yeah. think that that's what I should do? And why, why would it matter? Like, yeah. What, what color person? I, I definitely like believe it's from like a form of conditioning right, and, right. and a part like, you know, it it's a big role in, like, when we fill out our little, like, what's your ethnicity or whatever. Yeah, like, there's no, there's nothing for, like, brown people at all. It's, yeah. like, white, black, Asian. Pacific Islander. Yeah, like, Asian. And then we're just like, oh, well, you know, I guess we check white or yeah. do I have a choice? Like, but. But um, this all kind of ties in. And we can talk, we could talk about this kind of stuff like our racial uh experiences and stuff like that forever but um i do want to focus more on on the protests here how did you guys start to organize that what was really the um like the big bang of putting putting that into motion mm-hmm. i'll let kristen answer this like kristen kristen, um, kristen right? it was ac- yeah, yes kristen it was actually all like really surprising how fast it happened um i just Whenever I was watching the news, I, I still, to this day, like, I have not watched the video that is circulating on the internet. I can't do it. it I, I just, I can't. Um, just listening to people talking about it, it I can't, I have, I, I just start crying and I can't stop. But um, listening to what they were saying on the news and then I was like, on all my social, like all my social media platforms, like nobody was talking, none of my friends were talking about what was going on and Lubbock was just really silent about what was going on. And I was like, this doesn't sit right with me. And um, of course there were other people that had been organizing as well. I did not know about that. I was, I had no clue. Um, But then I had brought it up to one of my friends that lives in Austin and there was a lot going on there at the time. And so she, so she had reached out to on her social media and really that's what started it. She had a lot of people, that's what got the ball rolling is a lot of people were interested. And um, I originally had wanted to do it like as soon as possible. Like I wanted to do it that Sunday, but then like I didn't think of everything that went into it. So Nancy and Vega, um, they really stepped up and got everything going and it was an amazing turnout. It I could have never even have fathomed that it would have turned out that way because Lubbock isn't. It's not necessarily like we're we're pretty big because like we're just we're a college town, but for it's like it's Lubbock. It's, right. Um, so I didn't expect that to happen. So I think that it was a really good turnout for Lubbock. 
Definitely. And and one of the things that I noticed that um, really stood out to me when I went, and I went to the first couple of protests that were organized by um, different people, what I noticed was that there was so many young people, like kids in high school, like little children there. Wow. And it just, it was really encouraging to me because I'm, I'm not going to lie, I had kind of lost hope in Generation Z because I'm like, these guys... <laughs> you know, they didn't make a good name for themselves eating Tide Pods and being on TikTok and all this stuff. And and then when Licking I saw them... toilets. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, what what are you guys doing? And then when I saw them all at the protest, I was like, you know what? This is... This is good. Like, these kids, they're, they're mad. They're, like, righteously angry. And they're at this point in their life mm-hmm. where they feel like... I mean, they're just fed up. And they're so young. And it's like, I wish I would have been that brave when I was that age. And that, like... I'm 28 now and I'm like, I'm scared to go out because I'm scared that something bad is going to happen, that there's going to be violence, um, that, you know, there's going to be tear gas. I'm, I'm scared of all this stuff. And these kids, they just do not care. Like they're, they're out there, they're angry and they're ready to like speak their voice and use their voice to, to protest something that they see as a major problem. Um, I also saw a whole lot of white people there, which was very encouraging to me. Like, I know some people are there like just for their Instagram and stuff, um, People are like, uh, me and Paul talk about this a lot. A lot of people there, I feel like, were maybe virtue signaling. Um, but, I mean, it's still it's still good because they're still there. They're still out there chanting and they've got their signs and they believe in the movement and stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I really had a great experience each to each uh, protest that I went to. I, it just, like, really, really encouraged me to like continue um, continue protesting, continue fighting, doing stuff on, on social media because, like, like, Kirsten, like you, a lot of my uh, Facebook friends are, like, white people. I just happen to know a lot of white people. Yeah. Um, and it didn't seem like really any of them were, like, none of them were saying, like, they just kept posting about, like, their dogs and, like, going to restaurants and, like, going to the lake and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, all those things are part of your life and that is what social media is supposed to be, like, a representation of your life or whatever. But how do you separate yourself from this huge this huge thing that's literally taken over the world mm, like all yeah. over the country i think last time uh i checked it was like at least 38 countries that were participating in protests yeah. against police brutality and against the mistreatment of people of color oh, it's like okay. how do you separate yourself from this like it doesn't affect you and and i know me and paul have talked about this like paul doesn't um I mean, just because he's, he's like a family man, so his main concern at all times is his immediate family and what he can control. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier before the show. Um, what happened to his nephew really, like, changed his, his perspective on things and really made him focus on his family. But what I, what I was telling him was that people with, um, not in, like people that are neurodivergent also disproportionately suffer brutality from police because they're not able to communicate in the way the police expect to be communicated with. Oh, oh yeah. So, I mean, it does, it affects everybody. Yeah, I think it was, it was kind of like a, a beam of light after, what was it? I forgot which protest here locally, but the one, uh, the situation with the homeless man. I yeah. think, uh, like, same, you know, same, you know, thing, synchronized as well, like, there's already stigma discrimination against like that community 
And so, like, you see in Lubbock, of course, this conservative, you know, majority white town, you know, get shine a light on, like, you know, hey, police brutality, like, laws that don't even need to be laws, you know, things that are going on. And I thought that, like, it was such a crazy coincidence that it was just a homeless man. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that was, like, a good example because you have like you see like the community here locally like all speak up and then we saw their body cams like all because of people just coming together and saying that's and to me like perspective wise i'm just that's how a community should work you know like people are finally you know dusting their shoes off and like all right we got to get a little dirty here we have to like speak up and stand up you know yeah what are you talking about with a homeless man what 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 homeless man so, uh, I, I don't know if it was KCBD or what that released something about it, but basically, um, no, people were filming it, I think, yeah. on their Snapchat, yeah. and it got released on social media, but basically, the clip was, you see these two comps, and they're, like, wrestling, or, like, you know, basically hitting this homeless guy, just one homeless guy, mm-hmm. and that's when people started, like, okay, what's going on? What did he do? Here in Lubbock? Yes, mm-hmm. here in Lubbock. Okay. And so... Yeah, it got the, all the community to ask questions. You know, us with the protest, even, we're, like, direct contact with, like, detectives, you know, mm-hmm. cops and stuff to make sure, like, everything runs well with this protest. And even with them, you know, Vega, you know, out of this world, went to go sit down and directly, like, asked them, like, hey, what's going on in this case? Yeah. Like, you know, how is this looking at, you know, even if they might have, like, diverted from, like, answering the questions... But, like, it's something even, like, on our agenda, wanting people to, like, understand and know. It's like, no, we're still we're still here asking those questions. We shouldn't yeah. be afraid to ask those questions. We shouldn't have to feel a certain way and, like, be okay with being conditioned to fearing police, right. you know? And there, there should be absolute transparency because police are public servants. Mm-hmm. So everything they do, we should know what it is. I mean, unless it's like an undercover drug bust or something like that, that it wouldn't benefit the public to know. But like yeah. something something like this with um, this police brutality against this homeless man, like, like I understand he was um, panhandling, which is illegal, but it's also like that's a victimless crime. Yeah, exactly. He, he doesn't need to be like, give him a ticket and go away. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why it's why homelessness is being criminalized in the first place, and why they feel like they need to treat this man this way. Like, I mean, yeah, he was resisting arrest, but there was no reason really for you. Like, yeah, it just seems like a waste of time to arrest somebody that's just out there. And it's like he's not bugging these people for money. He's just standing there, and people happen yeah. to be giving him money. And exactly. Yeah. So what ended what ended up happening though? Um, I think they arrested him, right? Yeah, they arrested him, took him in. What about the cops? That, I think, is still, like, being looked into. Yeah, because I think they're saying that it was a a justified use of force because he was resisting arrest. Yes, and and that's one thing that, like, kind of shocked me from, like, um, locals is you have, like, this certain demographic of people that are just like, oh, well, it's justified because it's here in the book saying that that three strikes to your ribs is, like, 
a complete okay force yeah. to arrest someone. Whereas, like, you you watched, like, I've watched the whole thing. And in the beginning, it's just like, they don't explain why he's getting arrested. They don't read him any Miranda rights. So this guy's essentially, like, confused and, like, yeah. what's going on. And he, like, in his own right, he should know. Like, he should have been told, like, that's our yeah. right. So just seeing, once I saw it from the beginning, I was like, this whole thing is, and, and to me, like, it affects me a lot because, you know, I've hitchhiked around, I've traveled, I've definitely had to deal with cops, and I, and I've seen my friends get ticket, ridiculous tickets for something like panhandling or, like, being at an intersection with the sign, you know, and pretty much anything, like, and that's, like, how comps can definitely, like, take advantage of those types of things. It's just like, oh, well, we know this person has no power, have no money. There's nobody we, that's going to fight for this person. Yeah, so exactly. You can do so, whatever you want. Pretty much. And so, like, w- when it comes to that community, it definitely, like, just strikes a, a chord in a different yeah. way for me, so. Well, and to, um, like, a lot of the homeless population or the, the houseless, unhoused population, um, a lot of times they're suffering from mental health disorders. A lot of times they're suffering from addiction. Like, this is somebody really who needs help. He doesn't, like, arresting him isn't going to help him solve the core of uh, the situation and, like, what's going on. And that's kind of uh, what I view as, like, the, the broader, um, like, the broader approach of what the movement is trying to establish is to get at the core of what's going on in these communities. Like, why are these people being treated this way by police? And why do people tend to think that, like, why does crime even happen? It's because people are in a situation where they feel like they have no other choice because they're, exactly. they grow exactly. up in this situation that, like, they don't, even if they work hard, even if they do whatever they can, they're not afforded the same opportunities as as somebody who grew up like me yeah. with all the advantages in the world like exactly and that's not it's not because of who they are and it's not because they're a bad person it's because of their experience mm-hmm. and like i've had um i've had like i've been pulled over a few times for like speeding i've been in wrecks and i've never me personally i've never had a bad experience with a police officer i was even pulled over one time and i had uh, a controlled substance i'll say in my car um, but it was a very small amount, and I, like, uh, I cooperated with the, with the, um, I think it was a trooper, a state trooper. Uh, I told him where, what it was, where it was, I told him everything, like, truthfully, and I was terrified, because I was like, I'm about to go to jail. Yeah. And he said, um, he asked me, did you buy it? It was like a, it was like a roach. He said, did you buy it this way, or did you buy stuff to make this? And I said, I bought stuff to make that. And he said, um... Legally, I'm supposed to take you to jail if you have any amount of weed on you. But I'm going to call this paraphernalia and give you a ticket and you can go. (laughs) And I know the reason that I got off was because, like, I have no history. Like, I have no criminal history. I look white. I'm a, like, I'm a young woman. I speak English properly. My last name is Hispanic, but for all intent, like, I, I present as white. Like, I know that's... Like, I know the reason I had such an easy go of it with that cop was because I have this white privilege. Yeah. And, like, Paul Paul has had experiences with police officers, too, and they, like, it's completely opposite. Yeah, we, what you were saying, that the police need to be, uh, uh, we need to know everything that's going on. I mean, we have that, we have that right. They're public servants, right? Mm-hmm. Transparency is what you said. And I agree. I agree with all of that. But when they stop me, I don't. 
I'm not even. I've, I don't. I've never asked a cop, "Why did you stop me?" I've never. I've just done what they said. Yeah. And if they tell me, they tell me. If they let me go, they let me go. Uh, which they have. I've never been to jail as a as a juvenile. I was I was detained more than a few times, but at the age of 17 to to now, I've never been to jail. I've never been arrested. But I just don't when they when they stop me and I'm driving, my hands don't come off the steering wheel. Before I get before I pull my license out, my my driver's like my wallet. I let them know what I'm gonna do and I ask them. I'm gonna pull my wallet. Do you mind if I grab it? It's here and then so they know I'm not gonna surprise them. It's right then and there, the way I view it, it's not the time for me to fight whatever it is. Yeah. I'm gonna wait. Now <laughs> Should I do I do I have the right to ask him? Yeah, yeah. Should they tell me? Yeah, but mm-hmm. I've never, never asked a cop why are you stopping me? What did I do? What yeah. even even as a fifteen year old at uh, there's a quinceañeras we went to. There was um, one time my mom. I had I'd left home. I left home. She called me runaway. I came back. I think it was a day later, two days later. Cops show up. She's crying. This cop throws me against the car, tells me I'm a fucking animal, and uh, talking about the graffiti and stuff in the neighborhood, and he should have kicked my ass whenever he got there from making my mom cry, and, and uh, you know, it's, did that, was that impactful? I, I mean, I guess I don't, I mean, I don't want to get thrown against the car again, but I, I was in cuffs again at 15, and then 16, so those are... Those are my experiences, and I'm just not gonna. I'm not gonna debate it right there with a the cop. I'm, yeah. Call me a coward. Call me what you want, but I, for me, the way I look at it, right then and there's not the time. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and part of that, like, that's that's part of the conditioning that we all receive growing uh-huh. up is yeah. like we need to comply with these police officers because no matter what, they're in the right. Whatever they're doing, they're yeah. right, and I'm wrong, and it's. We shouldn't have to think that way. That's part of the conditioning that we grow up with that that conditions us to, to not necessarily be afraid of cops, but to give cops this this respect and this yeah. reverence. And it's right. like you should you shouldn't feel like you have to be on I mean, not necessarily your breast, but like you shouldn't feel like you have to sit there and not question them because yeah. it's like white people question them all the time. Yeah. I mean, brave like not brave people, but people that like don't have this like fear of police they question police officers all the time mm. yeah and usually you know it turns out okay for them some you know i mean people of all races sexes ages face discrimination yeah. I mean, uh br- f- police brutality but i mean you just shouldn't you shouldn't have to feel like you can't question a police officer yeah mm-hmm. i don't know if i'll ever feel that yeah when it's part of it's part of how you were brought up, I could probably question a police yeah. officer. And but I wasn't brought up thinking cops are right. I wasn't brought up thinking mm-hmm. that. I didn't think that. I mean, I still don't. I still you, right. When I was in the military, there's the, you respect the rank, right? So there were supervisors. I was a punk ass kid, and uh, I, I think I call myself a punk ass old man now, right? But I, there were supervisors I couldn't stand, and they couldn't stand me. But it was still sergeant so and so, or just sergeant. I got this so and so going on. Uh, permission to blah 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 or I gotta do this yeah go ahead and I couldn't stand these sons of bitches Mm -hmm. but I still respected that rank 
I couldn't stand that son of a bitch. I want to whoop his ass. And I got the opportunity, I, I would have done it. And yeah, we pissed on some door handles and stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, when, you know, the cars nice. and stuff. But but that's but I couldn't stand it. But I wasn't going to give that supervisor in the military any reason to come down on me more than what they were already because of because of me being me and giving them a hard time right. other ways. So it's right then and there wasn't the time. The way I looked at it then, even though it didn't happen, I was like, all right, what this dude, if I if I if I study this test and I make this ranking, here within sixteen years I can outrank this son of a bitch. <laughs> or here within so years. many years, right. you know, I'll be a chief master sergeant if I continue right here and I'll get <laughs> so that's that's the way I did it. And and, and so if they gave me a shit detail, uh, all right, well, I'm cleaning the restrooms all this week. Well that's what I'm gonna do. And then go do it, do it well. Not give these assholes any reason, but it's it's the it's it's the rank you respect, and that's where I don't know. Maybe that maybe I got that from observing. Well, I don't know what. It's, but. They're in a position of authority over you. Yeah, and that's the way most people view the police is that they're in a position of authority over us, it's and to a certain extent, they are because they are supposed to uphold the law. Right. But the fact is, the law sometimes isn't. Uh, created to serve the public a lot of times the law is created to conserve um like property and goods and money like it's not they're supposed to protect and serve citizens but that's not what that's not what they originated as they originated as like um people that would like hunt down slaves like bounty hunters and shit like that like they're Mm -hmm. like to protect people's private property or government property and that's that's, i definitely like not to interrupt but like i definitely believe that, like, there's some out there to protect white supremacy, you know, within all honesty. The status quo. Yeah, yeah you know. Sure. But, I, yeah, I just I was like, I want to be as clear as possible. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and me and Paul talked about this earlier, and, and, like, I am on the side of, like, defunding the police so that we can fund social work, or, like, social work programs that will actually benefit the community. Mm-hmm. And so we'll have people out there that actually know how to deal with people that are maybe having a, a mental breakdown or maybe they're they're strung out on drugs or whatever the situation is. Um, but I don't think every single police officer is bad. Me and Paul were talking about this earlier. I think the culture of policing is what's toxic, and it's that's what is teaching them to feel like, their lives are at risk yeah. every single day. And sometimes like sometimes they are. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is they shouldn't treat every single person as a threat to them. Let me tell you what yeah, I saw. Exactly. Let me relate this to to when I was in the military and I told this to my homeboy Kelly. He was from Philly and we both came in as uh what were we eighteen? I think he was seventeen. So we were two punk ass kids and in the eyes of some of our supervisors, some of the Supervisors, supervisors, they were master sergeants and whatnot. They they ran the shop chiefs. They probably saw in us the same punk ass kids who used to pick on them, who used to bully them. And in school, I was never about bullying the the weaker. Those those. If anything, I stood up for them. Not if anything, I did. I did. I don't know if I've told you stories about this, Selena. I just didn't. It's one kid named Daniel, and uh, this one dude was messing with him. And I go, hey, "What the fuck you doing, man?" I, want, I, did, I hated seeing that because I am that nerd, because I, well, I am that dork. Mm-hmm. But I, with growing up with my cousins and the friends, you, I shut that off. I'm, like, I'm tired of being afraid. I'm going to stop being afraid. Anyways, what I'm saying is that, that the, these, some of these people in the military I saw, 
it seemed to me like they joined the military to be a part of something big, to be mm. a part of something where they belonged, where they didn't fit in, mm -hmm. in high school or junior high, where they were bullied, where they were picked on. So here they come and see me and my homeboy Kelly from Philly, and like, oh, these these these, type of, these two motherfuckers, the same type of kids that picked on me. Mm -hmm. So because we, want, we are loud, I am loud, because I can be obnoxious, because I am a shit talker, and I was a target. Like, hey, I'm right here, motherfucker, do something. So some of these supervisors fucked with me because it's like I was, I don't know if I was asking for it, but it's, it's they, there's a sense of uh, authority that they do have and they want to exert that on somebody. They want right. to exude that, 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 that feeling that, hey, you're small. You, 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 I picked some cops. I'm pretty sure that happens within the cop, right? So I don't know for sure. For but sure. I'm pretty sure some of these dorks got picked on in school, got fucked with by people like me. And by, by, by whether it so be they want to try to take back that power, that. but let me, it's not. Let me make myself feel better. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not based here, but with my supervisors, I can tell you that's, I mean, that's almost. I can, I can totally see it. I, I think the way like I'm processing it is like, like people forget there's a lot of like, you know, America built other than like what we're talking about like masculinity mm -hmm. and I think like these clubs you know it's it kind of like shines a big light on like masculinity and men in power over you know a country essentially yeah, yeah. you know and like back on the subject for me I feel like you know now you're getting a lot of people say like no fuck all cops fuck even the good cops and like for a minute like for a while I was definitely on the fence not in the beginning of this, this is something I'd come to terms with you know a while back ago because it's like you know we're already conditioned to like fear them right. and for me the way I process it is like why should I fear it if they're you know in their position it shouldn't be like this but understanding that the origins of how like the police has, has mm -hmm. started understanding that and seeing that, you know, at some like like they have to be educated about like the origins of like joining this. Or, you know, I can yeah. only assume, but like getting getting to the point of like people joining it, knowing what it is, and it's like yeah, you're a good guy, and may you may have good intentions. You know, I there is good cops out there. You know. To me, it's like at the end of the day, you're still joining like a corrupt yeah. thing, and I get it with an all intentions. You know, it's like if you really want to make a change, like I want to see you take down your partner. That's corrupt. Yeah. Like I want to see you be in the inside yeah. doing those things, other than having this false sense of like I'm contributing to a community. But like, yeah, you, right. you might be doing the good things and helping with that domestic violence call. You might be doing these good things and. You know, because there's a lot of amazing stories Pulling out there. Pulling kids away from abusive parents and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like... But, that, but, but I feel like... And I'm sorry to kind of uh, interrupt, but I feel like police officers get overly praised for doing the things that they're supposed to do. Yeah. For the things no, that, we, that we expect their job to be. And all these other things kind of just get excused, like... Oh, this police officer was playing basketball with all these neighborhood kids. Yeah. Isn't this great? Protect and serve. Back the blue. Suck a dick. Suck a boot. Whatever the fuck. Right. But um, <laughs> that's what, like, you're supposed to feel that comfort with police officers because if you're not breaking the sometimes bogus laws that they are 
supposed to be enforcing. Like, if you're supposed to be that comfortable with police, this is what police officers are supposed to yeah. do, but that's not what they're doing. And, and the good cops that should be ratting out their um, partners and stuff like that, a lot of times, like, they feel like they can't. And it's because this over this thing that we keep going back to, this overall culture of policing that tells you you're either you're either a cop or you're against a cop. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, like, Vega talks a lot on that, you know, like, we sh- why should we praise these people for doing what they already should right. do? And, like, I've already come to terms with, like, people who don't understand why it's, like, fuck all cops, ACAB, all that the best way like i i can explain it to people it's like it's the same perspective as the protester Mm -hmm. you get a protester who's genuinely trying to protest and then you get these oh these bad protesters Uh quote who are just looting and rioting and then you get like there's people out there who like believe oh it's a protester they're gonna be rioting and gonna be looting and that's and that's the thing it's like it's it's one in the same in that perspective and i hate to like put it oh here's a protester but i think that's the best way to explain you know it's like yeah this is not what makes a protester but you know it happens and that's within right. all reality. No, I think there's a lot of people out there who are there's just a, like, yeah. There's a lot of demonizing on on both sides. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's like, yeah, we all know there's good cops, but at the same sense, it's like it. There's too many bad cops. Exactly. There's just way too many <laughs> exactly. bad cops. Um, but I know that, um, and I've seen this in the in the Facebook group, uh, that was formerly what was it, Lubbock Citizens Against Police Brutality. Yeah. And now it's Laser. Yeah, abbreviated laser. Mm-hmm. What is the what is laser? It's Kirsten. Can you like thoroughly? Um, it's oh, love it. Activism. Uh, just one second. I'm so sorry. It's like mm-hmm. it's okay. I forgot what it was too. But um, love it. Activism striving. I'm sorry. I do not know. That's okay. I'll put to, it. I'll put to it to end racism. Notes. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but. I saw there was a lot of uh, confusion because I feel like too, um, because the the movement, the larger movement is part of Black Lives Matter. I feel like sometimes white people tend to like make it about themselves, and this is not like I make things about myself all the time because I'm a very self-centered uh, like individual. Like, how does this apply to me? How does this affect me? That's kind of all I care about. So I can see when other people are doing that exact same thing, yeah. and I feel like. There was a lot of misunderstandings with some of the um, people, like white people that were attempting to be allies to the situation, thinking that, like, obviously allies are needed. And, um, like, obviously nobody's saying that all white people are horrible or whatever they want to they wanna say people are saying. But I feel like they're, they're taking everything so personally, like it's against them. But it's yeah. like, this is... Just listen, like for two and a half seconds. Like it's not, yeah. it's not about you. Yes, it does affect all of us. It disproportionately affects people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, pe- like white people kind of tend to take it personally, and I understand that because I take everything personally too. But um, what was I trying to say? But there is a lot of like, like I know Vega had touched upon like tone policing, and um, and you kind of see this in the broader uh, society, like white people saying, well, if if black people want their help, our help, then they're gonna have to be nice to us. And it's like, why? <laughs> why do they have to be nice for you? But, to you for you like, to want to help them? Even that thought is just like, 
almost condescending, you know? Yeah. Though? Like, what? Like, why well, did that have to nicely. be brought up? Yeah, it's like, who are you? No. Like, <laughs> are you a cop? Like, come on now. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, you know, like, honestly, I... I wouldn't have had, like, more understanding if it wasn't for Vega calling out tone policing consistently. And they've been, like, a huge factor in, like, calling out these kinds of things. And then also black community and, you know, Latino community calling it out as well together. I've noticed in the group itself... Because for me, I'm definitely, like, I'm going to try my best to, like, delegate, even though I'm emotional. Like, I'm going to try my best to try to understand as much as I can. And I felt like soon as I, like, understood what was happening, I was like, all right, cool. Like, I don't have to do these things. I don't have to, like, stress so much and, like, pull my hair out because I don't, I can't understand why these people aren't understanding it. And, like, go, because you can, these types of people can go on and on and on and it seems like it's it's like this this thing that's just like we want to show what's right and what's wrong yeah. you and, know and i think i think they're trying to defend themselves because people get really offended whenever they feel like somebody's attacking them and that's understandable but yeah. um me personally just because i don't have like i don't have bad experiences with the police i'm not a person of color i've never really been discriminated against except you know on the on you know, occasionally people discriminate against me or maybe I feel like I'm being discriminated against for, for being a lesbian, but even that, like, doesn't really ever happen to me because I'm also straight passing. Mm, yeah. So, like, I've lived a pretty sweet life, but I know that my life, like, I can't apply my experience to the outside world. What was this? I wanted to say this thing. Um, reality isn't, like, nobody sees the world in, a, in an objective way. Really, we all see the world through the the scope of our own experience. Mm -hmm. And I know that my experience is absolutely not universal. And I've just been trying to, like, like, listen and try to understand where people are coming from and trying to not make it about me, even though that's exactly what I want to do. And I know Paul, I think, I don't know, Paul, what do you, what do you think? About one in particular. I don't know, just about like what it, um, cause like part of the part of the goals of the of the larger movement. There's also been some of that too. Like I feel like some people don't really understand what what it means when we say defund the police or abolish the police or abolish yeah. ICE. There's a okay. lot of misunderstanding because because of the language. I think. Right. Be- before you break it down, what's tone policing? Tone policing is whenever like somebody says you can't like you shouldn't express yourself this way. You shouldn't use curse words. You should use professional. A dialogue or whatever to try to make your point and it's like you're you're tone poli- like you're telling me how to express the way that i feel basically and, and also choosing when and when not you should express yourself so and i think that's just in general you know why it's such a big thing other than like social media really making this and like a part of like how you know the whole world is moving right now is because people are now more closer and they're seeing like how something as small as tone policing create like sets a complete tone yeah for for everything you know and and like for example like the news uses it a lot a lot yeah you know but um 
Yeah, yeah like I, the way that they paint all protesters out to be rioters and looters. Yeah, exactly. Or or they only depict one side. Mm-hmm. You know, and like for example, I think um I forgot, I don't know if if it was KCBD, it might have been, but one of them was essentially, I think, insinuating that, like, the break in more COVID cases was because the protests in town. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of what the news all over the country is saying, is that, like, oh, the reason numbers are going back up is because of protests. But it's like, that's probably part of it. Um, And that's another thing I want to touch on is, like, um, protesting in the midst of a pandemic. But Mm -hmm. it's also because people aren't following the guidelines just going to the stores and restaurants and stuff. But there, there definitely is that narrative of, like, um, people trying to diminish the protests any way that they can. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. they can delegitimize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, Paul. What do you think? Because I asked you to go to a protest with me, and you didn't go. Yeah, my wife and I had talked about that, and there's a. Uh, <clears throat> you know, throughout this conversation, there's been several. There's been numerous times where I'm like, I'm gonna throw this in there. <laughs> He's being so quiet. Normally, oh. he never shuts up. That's oh. I'm like, what? What are you doing? <laughs> well, you know, just to give you the opportunity to speak because uh, you said it's all about you. Well, you know, for me, it's all about me, too. Yeah. You're talking about you. I'm like, all right, what the fuck does that have to do with me? What's my turn? It's like hopscotch. Or something. That's it's the like, whole it's, show. It's like double dutch. It's like, all right, hurry the fuck up, man. It's my turn. So there's, there's, there's me and wife are talking about it. And um, she said, you know, she said that if I went... I'm paraphrasing here. It, it would be it would come across as disingenuous, right? And okay, I'm choosing my words here because you know normally I don't. I'm like just say whatever the fuck's on my mind and fuck everybody else and fuck what y'all think. So, <laughs> but it, it's hmm. Okay, I'm really. Uh, would it be disingenuous? I don't. For you to go to the protest. Right, 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 right. I don't. I don't know, man. I don't. If you know me, you know me. I mean, whether you're black, whether you're white, you're Mexican, you're, I don't know, whatever fucking color you are. Indian, I don't know where that falls within this, my Indian friend, but uh, it's, my friend, you're my friend, man. I don't, I don't give a shit what you are. Um, so I just, so, so we talked about it and, and um, she kind of. She didn't discourage me, but she, she, she got me thinking about: well, Are you are you being honest? Are you being? We've we've had discussions, arguments, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, you know, go fuck yourself. So, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, I didn't. Like, uh, she thought you know. were being disingenuous as far as your intentions. Yeah. Or, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think everybody necessarily is like true and pure. Um, I mean, obviously, there are a lot of protesters and people that are within, like, fighting for the the movement and everything Mm -hmm. that are 100% genuine. But there's a lot of us, and, like, myself included, like, I don't always know. I don't always know what's going on. Whenever Mm -hmm. I first went to a protest, I didn't even know what ACAB stood for. And I was like, (laughs) I was out there, I was like, A, B, C, D, what the fuck is going on? I had to ask somebody, I was like, yeah, what what does ACAB stand for? And they were like, all cops are bastards. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Not super comfortable with that, just because I was like, I just, I just kept worrying about like, what if the police show up and they hear us saying that and they feel like they're being antagonized and they want like, I just kept thinking about like the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but like, I mean, not everybody knows everything about the movement, but I think it's important to like, like I was saying earlier, like to try to learn about what's going on and listen to the voices yeah. that are at the head of the movement. Definitely. And you know, whatever I say is going to, what I was thinking about saying, other uh, stuff's going to come across as cornball or, or, or it's going to come across like I'm virtue signaling. Right. Yeah. That, 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 or, and, and I'm no, I'm no, I'm not a virtue signaler, man. Go fuck you with that stuff, dude. <laughs> I'm none of that shit, motherfucker. I'm from 40th and Avenue J, South Side of Lubbock, Texas, before Mexicans were allowed to cross 82. Second Street, Woo. damn it. Woo. So, <laughs> so, so all of this shit, it's like, man, I, I don't, uh, I, 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 tell my, I know what my wife is saying. She knows me better than yeah. most, besides my mom, my brother and sister, but probably even better than them now, right? And so I was like, all right, I see the point she's making, but I wasn't going to say, yeah, you're, 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 you're right, because she's still not right. But i like, all right, man, I, I don't want... If anything, I pride myself on not being fake. Yeah. I fucking, I fucking hate fakeness, man. I can't stand that shit. No matter who I'm around, I'm, I've always been me, and I will always be me. So right now, it's been difficult for me to not say anything, because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff I was gonna say. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's like a, it's a quip, it's a joke, it's a, it's. Yeah. yeah. But it, I didn't feel it was the time. So am I tone policing myself? I guess. I guess I'm a tone policer. Ooh, I get. I guess I'm like a. Stuff that's deep. I guess I'm like a, like a like a Mexican version of Sting. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> if it the if police. it helps any, like I totally feel what you're saying, and I feel like in moments where it's just like you like you're dealing stuff with your son. There's a pandemic going on. These things are happening in the world. So it's like initially we are already having to think, mm-hmm. like about so many things. But, like, I always try to just say, like, just think about your roots. Just think about who you are in general. Like, the fact that you really have these feelings. You said, like, I'm from Southside, you know. Okay, like, cool. like that's already a reason to say, like, you know, something needs to change. Something needs to change with the police. Just about the person of who you are. You know, and that's why I'm a firm. When it comes to this movement, I'm big on, like, People of color just need to come together already. And you like, and you see so many articles right now that are coming out like, you know, Aztec, you know, chant dancing for whatever march and like, and, you know, indigenous people joining yeah. whatever kind of march in all kinds of places. And you're seeing like, you know, Black Lives protesters joining uh, abolishing ICE protests. Because right now, like, I think yeah. I saw an article just yesterday talking about how like, you know, combining, or no, 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 it was people, a huge demographic in L.A. was, like, protesting, I think, the immigration office, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting to, like, what's going on, and, like, the news, like, specifically said, like, another civil rights movement. Yeah, it's It's the same movement. Yeah, and it's, and it's, like, thinking, like, all of it together, just, like, this is, this has to do with civil rights, like, we're not done, this is not the tip This is for everybody, it's not just for black people, it's not just for Hispanics, it's for everybody, like, protesting an unjust system. And I think that's why, like, I'm seeing so many, like, people, like, a girl from my work, for example, super young, I think she's, like, maybe 20, and... We had a conversation, I think, like a week or two ago, and she was like, I just got into this long argument with my dad, like yelling, saying like, because I guess he was against the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, she may have not went to any protests or anything, but something as small as that, like 
talking, getting into legit arguments with, yeah. you know, your parents or your family about, like, how this is wrong and what's going on is, like, a huge step because it just, for me, it shows that, like, so many other families are dealing with it and so, yeah. like, that are white, that are black, that are Mexican, yeah. that are all kinds of people right now, you know? Me and Paul have discussions like that all the time just because so often we're kind of on the opposite sides of issues because I'm just, like, super heavy liberal. And I'm not, like, I'm not always right. I don't always have all the facts. I don't always know why I'm on the side that I'm on. But, like, we're able to have those discussions and remain friends. And I think that's what people, like, yeah, I mean, you shouldn't be friends with racists because they're bad people and they suck. Um, But I feel like... Because people are also making a big deal about about fighting with their families, about fighting with their friends, and they just don't want to do it because they think it's hurting their relationship. But like that's how you build. That's how you. Yeah. That's that's how you really affect change is to not allow, not like not allow, but to to challenge this line of thinking, this like kind of old way of thinking of that just like this is how it is and you have to deal with it and it's not really your problem. Like, it doesn't matter if it's not my problem. It's important to have these discussions and I'm sure Kirsten has this experience too of like having these discussions with her family and it's like, it's Absolutely. not easy. It's it's definitely yeah. confrontational. Um, it's definitely uncomfortable but I think that's, I think this discomfort is good. I think it's just like, it's growing pains. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Actually, like Kirsten, I would love to hear like more of how you had to deal with that because i know within the early stages of the first protest you like you were going through a lot uh, like with within you know your life saying you know you had to deal with your family and like and not mm-hmm. i don't know if like you had to do educating but like yeah i would love to like hear more about that sorry okay i'm sorry I'm, my baby's crying i'm trying to but okay, just um, it was not even like it was like a week and a half ago. Um, my my dad, uh, he's very adamant about what he believes in. He's very disappointed about what I believe in. Um, he didn't call me himself. I guess he's chicken shit, but whatever. <laughs> um, my he called my mom, and uh, my mom is also prejudiced, but it, she's more. I don't know how to say it. She's not as bad as my dad, which I think is all bad. I think it's, I think it's all bad, definitely, but she's definitely not as bad as my dad. Um, she told me that he wanted her to talk to me, and he wanted me to, if I couldn't change what the, the things that I backed, he wanted me to not be so vocal about it because he was concerned for my safety. And I just, I don't understand that. I don't understand why, why my safety is of concern to him whenever it comes to this, because I'm not putting myself in any danger. I am trying to be a voice for people that are put in danger, even though they have done nothing wrong. And I guess that, I don't know, but it has been very stressful. My dad's over here in one ear and my brother and my dad are like, they're very you know stereotypical cis white men and so they're both just in my ear my my brother doesn't want me to be around his kids he doesn't want me to have any influence on them and i'm just like what the fuck because and it's difficult too whenever um they're like well you don't see us telling you that um we want to disown you we don't have anything to do with you because of this i'm like 
I don't know why it's so hard for people to understand that when you're on the wrong side of things, it's easier to not want to talk to you than when you're on. Because the way that I see it is what I believe in is I'm not, my beliefs aren't hateful and I am not looking down on other people. And so like, I'm not hurting anyone, but your beliefs are very hurtful. And just like, I guess they don't think that they're hurtful. So I don't know. It's, I'm sorry. I got off track. No, you're, it's it's strange to me that your your dad would think that... Well, it's not strange. It actually makes a lot of sense that your dad would think that you um, being vocal about your beliefs against police brutality and against white supremacy, that he would think that that would put you in harm's way. Because who is threatening to harm you for espousing those beliefs? Yeah, he thinks that this is the... He, in his words, he said that um, this, this is the start of a race war. That is what he thinks. And that I'm on the wrong side of things. And uh, that people aren't going to care about my white children. And so why do I care about them? I just, I couldn't even answer him. I, I just, I was like, no. I was like, I, I will text you back when I am ready to tell you what I think about what you're saying. But I can't right now. And I never got back to him. Wow. Yeah. Wow, dude. That's, that's crazy. When it yeah. kind of goes back to that thing where, like, white people tend to think that black power or, like, brown power or whatever it is, like, that it's against, like, they think that black power means the same thing as white power. And while it's similar yeah. words, that's not what it means. Like, yeah. like black power or brown power or whatever, like, intercultural group it is, is about being proud of your culture and loving yourself. And whereas white power and white supremacy is mostly about hating everybody who's not white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I think that's where all this like ideology of like a race war and like with him saying like people aren't going to care about your white kids. Like it just comes from that ideology that like white people think that pride groups of other ethnicities are anti-white because white, like white pride groups are anti-people of color. Yeah. It's very frustrating trying to talk to them and get them to understand because they're my brother's like very like all lives matter. He's always anytime like he will just say it over and over and over until I stop talking. It's so frustrating because oh I can't he doesn't give me a chance to like try to explain to him why he's wrong. And well, he's that's not the same with a great majority of people yeah. in my family. I come from a pretty large family and most of them are very I guess I shouldn't say, I don't want to um, attach the word conservative to racism because not all conservatives are racist. And I used to believe that, but uh, it's not, that's not how it is. So I do need to backtrack and like take that, separate those two. Um, But yeah, it's frustrating trying to, I guess, trying to educate them because they think that they know everything. Man, I'm definitely like super proud of you though. Like, you know, glad glad in this like in this way that like we're tied to each other and know each other because of that you know because just like hearing you talk about it i'm just like oh man like i can just feel that i can't imagine what it'd be like having to like be that confrontational on like something i you know wholeheartedly believe Mm -hmm. because you know I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, you know, my family dynamic is just, like, like a bit different. You know, like, we're, we're all very strongly opinionated. But I think once 
we understand and like sympathize we we definitely okay come to terms with now i'm more educated so so i get it because you know in my family i'm definitely like very loud about what it is about what's wrong and what's right and what like what my beliefs are and so like i mentioned before you know my parents have like said things that are questionable and i've definitely been like jump on that subject automatically well why do you feel this way well Mm -hmm. why would you say that and like try to really understand and get to the root somewhere other than like okay this is what i believe and you can just like not be a part of this or like please don't be that kind of way you know i definitely you know give you all props because as like that sounds so difficult yeah i mean i've gotten it i've gotten into it with some of uh kelsey's family online and i've pretty much just had to like not interact with them on Facebook anymore because I'm like, they're not going to hear it from me. Um, and I'm kind of like, I'm shirking my responsibility with my in-laws and I just tell Kelsey, like, it's you and your siblings. Like, I know you're all sympathetic to the cause and I think they'd be more willing to hear it from you because whenever, I feel like when I'm trying to discuss it with them, they're just not taking it the same way or they're taking it like I'm trying to be confrontational and I'm not. I'm just trying to help them to, like, they just watch Fox News all the time and I'm like, man, you're not getting accurate information at all and i know like a lot of the media i watch is like super super liberal so i know i'm not getting an unbiased view but i'm trying to like meet them in the middle as far as like like we say at the protest and like what part of black lives matter is is like all lives matter when black lives matter and right now black lives are treated like they don't matter and i feel like they just they hear black lives matter and they think it's exclusionary yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and it's it's not it's just and it's hard to I think I don't know it's just people don't really understand the message and like me and Paul were talking about this earlier it's like yeah black lives matter brown lives matter Asian lives matter but it's important to focus on like the group of marginalized people that are facing the most injustice at the moment mm-hmm. Paul do you have any do, do your kids ever uh bring up this stuff because I know your daughter is pretty like opinionated and and she's she's kind of like you that she's very like stubborn and hard-headed do you do you ever talk about this kind of stuff with your kids have they asked you about like what's going on no 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 my oldest my oldest is 17 and this is something i don't i don't think anybody i think you know like my oldest is well my oldest daughter's 23 my ex-wife so and then my with my wife now i got three kiddos and my oldest son is 17 and he is he's half black and I got with my wife uh, when she was she was a, a three months pregnant, two three months pregnant, right? And you know, it's long story short. I mean, you can't control what you can't control. I mean, what did I want with a chick that was pregnant with a kid that wasn't mine, right? But and so I've raised my I've raised my son, my seventeen year old, as if he was mine, even though he's not biologically mine. I've been in his life since before he was born, and still here. So with him, I've never brought it up because I don't want to be that we go back to virtue signaling. Oh, I got a, I got a son who's that black. Or I got a best friend who's black. Mm-hmm. Or I've got a friend who's gay. Or I got a friend who's... Fuck all that, man. I don't believe in all that shit because I don't do that because, I'm, because I don't. I don't... I keep on saying this with people. Think you of me what you want. You see people as individuals. Think of me what you want, right? You're not going to make me. And I'm not going to lose a damn bit of sleep over you. And so with my son, we've had these conversations over... But you got to... With him... He's not going through a fraction of what I went through as a kid because 
I've provided a life for my kids right. that I didn't have. Stability, not concern over the, is the light going to be turned off? Are we going to have water? Is there going to be gas? Am I going to have a home when I go to? I've, prov- I've done my job as a father. And I'm not looking for kudos like that Chris Rock joke. When someone says, well, I take care of my kids. You stupid motherfucker, that's what you're supposed to do. Take care right. of your kids. That's my job. Take care of my kids and my family. So with my 17-year-old, we've had these conversations. Whenever he gets his license, whenever what to, to avoid anything, to avoid. You don't know what kind of cop you're going to deal with. Is it going to be a quote-unquote good cop? Is it going to be a quote-unquote bad cop, white supremacist cop? We don't know. We don't have that luxury of knowing. So let's do this. Let's you and I do our part. Do play our role. Let's, this is a fucking game the way I look at it. Let's do it. Keep your hands on the steering wheel. Address the cop. Make eye contact. Even though they have that light in your face. Let's do that. But, I mean, thankfully, he hasn't been in these situations yet to where he's had to deal with a cop. Mm-hmm. He hasn't that. Now, when they come deal with him, when they come see they're going to see a... Brazilian looking type kid, right? He's very light skinned, but he's got the curly hair. He's 6'1 and uh, very athletic. And we're like, okay, this kid is something. He's a halfie. He's something. So I've had these conversations with my son, with the 17 year old. And I'll have the same ones with my with my seven year old. Uh, my seven year old son. My daughter, not so much. Not right now. Other things. More, um, more about. Just heard about boys and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but in regards to race, nah, not really. My son, yes, yes, because he's at that age right now, where if he does go out with his friends, he can come in contact with with people who are racist, with cops who are racist, mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever differently. So I've had those with my son, um, but he's very, very very smart kid. Goes to Hutch, I mean, goes to Lubbock High. Always been um, all AP classes. He was international baccalaureate before, so extremely intelligent. And he's not associating with the kinds of uh, kids that I was associating with at that age. Yeah. So well, and you've been able, like you said, you've been able to provide him with a life, uh, with a lifestyle that doesn't um, that puts him at an advantage. Right. Uh, but that's, I mean, right. whether or not he's at that advantage. Will the police see him that way? Probably not. When they look Maybe. at him, are they going to see he grew up with a father who took care of him his right. whole life and made sure, like, are they going to see that he took these AP classes? Right. And, and um, it's it's this thing that... Um, smart kids, swimming, wrestling, yeah. all that. No, they're not going to yeah. see... They prob- they and and it, it kind of goes back to, like, uh, kind of tone policing, but also respectability politics. Like, just because he's all these things, it doesn't make him... Like, it's never going to cover up the fact that he is a person of color and he's going to be viewed this certain way no matter how many AP classes he takes, no matter you know how many baccalaureate right. awards he gets and all this right. stuff. That's why we've had these conversations. Yeah. So it's right then and there at that time is not the time to fight it. It's an, uh, I, I believe that and that's what I'm going to stick with. Play, they tell you, show me your ID, show me your ID. They tell you this, that, just do it. Don't fight it. Don't struggle right there. Does he have that right to question? Yes, without a doubt, because they are public servants. But right then and there, man, just just do yeah. what these dudes tell yeah. you to. Let's 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 make it to the next yeah. day, and then let me and your mom, if we gotta hire an attorney, if we gotta do that, let us do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, and that's kind of like at the at the um, protests and stuff. We've 
like I've, the people that are leading the protests have told everybody like don't give the police don't give people any reason to think that what we're doing is anything but peaceful mm. like if somebody comes up and they're they're trying to antagonize the group just try to ignore them mm. don't give them any reason to taint um the protest because they're going to do anything they can to to mm-hmm. belittle and to demean and yeah. to legit to delegitimize right. what we're trying to do um another thing i wanted to touch on really this podcast could be like 18 hours long <laughs> yeah there's so many like there's so many things the content like is everywhere. it's there's so many things that we could touch on um what was the other thing i wanted to say um but i do i do want to say that because i also saw some confusion on the page about like well, what's the overall movement? You can't just protest and say you don't like things and not want to change <laughs> things. It's like there's, there are, a bu- believe it or not, there are a bunch of leaders, a bunch of progressive people in the movement that are trying to, like, get into the government to make these actual changes to stop these things. And you just don't see that because all the media shows you, for the most part, is just all the bad things that are happening, people yelling, all this kind of stuff. Exactly. Like, um, like I was trying to tell, I was trying to tell somebody on that page specifically, I was like, I know Vega has met, like Vega and other people have met with local police officers, with local officials to let them know what it is we want to see from our local police and the changes that we have to have. Um, you know, otherwise you're going to, we're going to continue to irritate you until you, yeah, until you are able to prove to us that you're trying to implement these changes that we're that we're demanding yeah i think like sometimes it's an undertone of like people not sure like like you said like there's a lot of people who are like still don't know where they stand Mm -hmm. or like still trying to learn but they know that that that's what they need to be doing and i think a lot of people like that are like on the same in in the same because whether it's because of pride or because of ego i feel like a lot of it is just like well, if I do this, what's going to happen to me? How do I look? Yeah. You know, what's, you know, what's going to happen after this? And, and then a lot of it just has to do with like, in the time that we're in right now, it's just, comp- everyone's a nervous wreck. Everyone's anxious. So it's like, uh, like really going about this in whatever correct way you think correct is. I think it's just like, that's just the main thing that people are worrying about, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of people that are afraid to ask questions, and, like, Paul has been holding his tongue more than he's ever. I'm going to have these kinds of discussions all the time just so he'll shut the fuck up for once. <laughs> um, but I do think people are afraid to say things, and it's like, it's not, everybody has a right to their opinion, but you have to realize that your opinion is subjective to your own experience. Mm-hmm. And it's not, just because it's your opinion, just because it's the opinion of everybody that you know doesn't necessarily mean that it's the correct i mean it, there's no such thing as a correct opinion really but like a good opinion yeah it doesn't mean that yeah. it's it's a positive thing yeah um and i think it's important that people are able to kind of voice their opinions and and to ask questions and to try to find their own information to figure out like what's going on and it's it's not your black friend's job to tell you what you should and shouldn't yeah. think yeah. like it's we all have Google, we all have the internet, we can all look up all this stuff for ourselves, and I think it's important that you want to, that you want to listen and have these discussions, and that's kind of what, like, our show is about, is, like, me and Paul just kind of voicing our own opinions from kind of opposite sides of the fence, but still being able to have respect for each other, and to, like, be able to understand, like, be able to understand each other, and empathize with each other enough to the point where, like, we can still remain like good friends yeah 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 
Just because we argue all the time doesn't mean we hate each other. <laughs> yeah. And just because he wears Crocs doesn't make him a horrible person. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, like, you know, I think it's definitely important. And, and, and that's why this is so big. Because so many people are now, like, font, like collectively talking about it. Collectively agreeing on things. Collect, like, you know... A lot of, like, white Caucasian demographics are collectively understanding, all right, like, now's our time for us to stand up. Yeah, there's a lot of specifics, but, like, you guys still have, like, a place. Yeah. Even in this whole movement, you know, whereas a lot of older white folks I see, like, will just see this on the news and just be like, oh, well, they're doing that again. And it's, like, you know, clear ignorance, of course. And and that's, like, spoken, like, I've seen that happen before. And, like, I think at the time my brain was just like, oh, my God, like, did I just see her, you know, did I just hear this person say that? You know, and, and, you know, we're in Texas at the end of the day. But, like, I think a lot of, like, for me, where my energy comes from is just, like, I come from, like, all opposite ends of everything you know i've i've like struggled a lot through my life like my parents they never like really planned kids so it's like i i'm the oldest of six i grew up homeless a lot of the time Mm -hmm. you know i'm mexican on top of that i moved from like texas to california to both like way opposite states you know culture within everything and i think that's a lot like for me where me just trying to tell people like just don't get tired like just don't get tired because there's no time and place for this right now i've always and i and i think that's like it's it's so cool seeing everyone finally like okay let's sign these petitions even if it's something like sharing or yeah or whatever may be because for the longest time like I've, i've been signing petitions for like the pipelines forever you know back when Ferguson was happening, like, I was following that. Exactly, you know? And so, so for me, I feel like a lot of people, when it comes to social media, it might see me, it's like, oh, there goes Nancy, like, going on about something again. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's just, like, everyone, like, everyone deserves, everyone deserves the right to just live happily. And, and, you know, like, America, I felt like we're taught, like, under this idea that like oh everyone deserves the pursuit of happiness and blah 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 but no one really says like that wasn't written for us we have no say in that you know and 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 it just goes to show like where things really stand but that's why like i'm always just like we gotta just keep going for this because like i'm not only just like advocate when it comes for like civil rights but like you know mental health yeah you know addiction all all of the sides of the spectrums you know i'm definitely big on that kind of stuff you know and vega is too in back to you know like either tone policing and all the other kind of stuff like before i left vega was just like oh i'm so sorry i can't go you know it's just like a lot on me and i have to like make it very clear to them it's just like you don't have to apologize like you don't have to like keep you know reminding everyone why you feel these kinds of ways like i completely understand it and if people don't understand it you know hopefully they can learn as to why but you know vega was an addition like after me and kirsten got together about this thing and i was very clear to vega i mean not that clear but like i had like specifically asked them i was just like 
are you sure you want to be a part of this? Yeah. You know, I mean, this it's is a lot. A, this is a big a task. Yeah. And, I, and I told them straight up, I was just like, you will end up being like the face of this. People will view you this kind of way. Yeah. And I want you to go in here understanding that. And it's been like super, super hard for them. And I, and like, you know, give them all the props and all the respect in the world because, you know, I've seen, I've seen them break down even before like the first protests and just having, you know, this kind of like mental anguish going on yeah and i just had to like be very clear you know and i'm you know along with like mental health and everything i'm very big on like you feel those feelings you acknowledge them that doesn't mean they're wrong because you're feeling them and they don't necessarily feel positive but just letting them know like hey like you have all the entitlement to feel like this pain and to feel this intensity like you know, I feel that same pain when I see kids in cages and I know that these kids are being sexually assaulted and all this kind of stuff. Like, yeah. that's why for me, like, it's just like understanding in the, in the place that we're in right now, taking those personal days, taking, giving your, being easy on yourself yeah. is so huge right now because we're dealing with these, you know, we're dealing with values, we're dealing with yeah. beliefs, you know, all these sensitive subjects, right. but... I didn't want them to feel like they had to do it, but uh, at the same time, I was like, I really want them to be the, and probably I'm putting undue pressure on them, but I wanted them to do it because I'm like, this also has a lot to do with, with like pride and how people of color were the people who started pride and pride, like pride originated as a riot and as a protest against injustices that gay people were uh, being subjected to. and that gay people are sometimes still subjected to like it's not it's not over like you kept saying like we can't we have to continue to fight that's why like when they said they had they didn't have the mental energy for it um i was like it's it's totally fine i understand and like i think paul understands that too especially because he's been going through a lot too like we're we're empathetic to people's personal lives and that's that's kind of what paul is doing right now is he's just like focusing on himself and his family and the things that he controls yeah. and the things that that he cares about the most and I think that you know everybody should be allowed to have that but um yeah I just didn't I didn't want them to feel like like they had to do uh, the show I just I wanted to talk to them because I I really wanted to rope in uh, um like intersectionality at the protests and yeah. all the the I mean the the uh people of like the trans people of color that are uh, um, disproportionately affected by police brutality as well, and oh, yeah. and discrimination and racism and all that stuff. I wanted to I wanted to talk about that because I think it's important. Um, and there were a lot of like uh, gay and lesbian people, feminists, all this like at the at the protest here locally. And oh, I know yeah. that like uh, the LGBTQ community has for for the most part, not everybody obviously, but like I do think a lot of us understand like what this fight is and i think yeah we should all be on the same side of this because it affects it affects all of us yeah you know when we when we threw that f- the f- our first protest like sunday the seventh couple, yeah mm-hmm. like that i think was something that was just like very um like solidified for me my beliefs because i'm more on a like this is for all of us orientation skin color different cultures like this is for all of us 
you know, take out all the words, take out all of that, like, this is the meaning. And going there, like I told Vega prior, I was like, I am kid you not, this is gonna bring out the freaks, this is gonna be- bring out the geeks, the LGBT community, mm-hmm. all the these- The communists, the anarchists. Exactly. Like, oh, and sure enough, you come, like, I- think i seen like someone with like a socialist flag or something like yeah. that you know and then like um i saw somebody flying like um like black trans lives matter yeah all kinds of that was like i saw in, that in like this your pool. struggle is our struggle the like latino yeah yeah sign. exactly like there was so many different types of people and i think seeing that i was just like just kind of solidified it and chris has been a play um he's a part of like the group that's like been helping and organizing mm-hmm. but we had a good discussion at that protest and he was just straight up about it. he's just like you know he's gay he's married to a mexican man and he was just like you know he's like at first, I wasn't about it. No, I think we, like, went to Schoons, and then we had a legit discussion. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> like, he was just like, you know, I I finally get it now because I see he's, like, you know, me being gay, married to a Mexican man. Like, I've seen, like, the discrimination and stuff. But he was just like, and also just being a gay man mm-hmm. facing that discrimination. He's like, I've... I've and this is just loosely based on it, of course. But he was just like, I understand. He's just like, yeah, you know, we're still going, we're still fighting for a lot of rights. We're still mm-hmm. struggling through a lot of things right now, even around the world, of course. But um, he was just like, I finally get to where, like, okay, like, we all have to stand behind this. And once it comes time to be standing for this, or not even that it's about time. It's yeah. just about, like, when we can do it, w- you know, we do it, or, like, however that works out. Because, like, now you see, like, so many other people protesting things at the same time, because this is all civil rights. Yeah. But, you know, he had said, he's just like, right now I need to be behind this, and I need to be, my- like, my community needs to be behind this. Right. And so, like, when something else happens, I know everyone else is going to be behind that, too. Right. And I'm just like, it- it's definitely, I feel like, all one in the same. Right. You know? I mean, yeah, because we're all just fighting this, like, straight white supremacy mm-hmm. thing that, I mean, it it affects, I keep saying this, but, it like, it really does affect all of us, and it doesn't matter, like, what position in society you hold, whether or not you have money. This is, it's, I kind of have this discussion with my mom sometimes, um, because her family, like, her family did grow up really poor, like, they all worked from the time they were 10 or 12, uh, in the cotton fields, pulling weeds and stuff like that, yeah. there were 17 children, uh, two immigrant parents, like, they had a really hard time with it, and because she did, she was able to go to college, and she got, like, she ended up having a really good career, and had a lot of money, I think she tends to be a little conservative, because she thinks that money is going to protect her, I'm like, yeah, mom, it's going to protect you to a certain extent, yeah. but at the end of the day, like, white supremacists are still going to view you as the help. Yeah. Like, it, it's... Mm-hmm. This money does protect you, but it doesn't... It's not bulletproof. Like, yeah. it's it's not going to protect you if we don't fight to be treated as equal citizens just because we're of uh, Mexican descent and just because, like... Because I think, I think a big part of, like, how my mom's come around to it is just that, like, I'm gay and she knows that, like, I don't... I'm not going to live the same kind of life that she originally envisioned for me. Yeah. Like, there's going to be obstacles in my way um, just because of my my sexual orientation. And I think, like, that... I think when you have, like, somebody like me that's kind of counter to the way my parents were brought up or somebody like Kirsten that's kind of counter to the way she was brought up and her family was brought up, I think 
like people like us really have to be that voice in our family to really like fight for not like necessarily fight but like have these conversations that we have and like you know show our family like your experience is not I keep saying this I feel like I'm just repeating myself but it's really just the same point that I keep having (laughs) but um I just think it's really important for us to continue to to tell people like intersectionality in these movements is so important because if we don't stand behind people of color the people who even like started like started the stonewall riots and started the fight like if there wasn't the Mm -hmm. civil rights movement there would be no gay rights movement yeah yeah like to, to me i feel like i owe my marriage to the civil rights movement and to people of color that even were able to organize like it's the all the protests and everything that gay people do, it's all modeled after the civil rights movement. It's yeah. all modeled after Black Lives Matter. Like, it's all modeled after the same, yeah. the same, uh, like, the same organization. And if we can't be intersectional, we're not going to be able to, like, we're not going to be able to gain this equality that we're all fighting for. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, seeing a lot of people be open and prideful on social media saying like yeah it's pride month but like right now this is about black lives matter is like i don't think some people understand like how big that is yeah you know because it does tie it into like so on it does tie into like like i think i never really started like getting into like politics when it comes to lgbtqa all that until like I met one of my really good friends Q and he's a black gay man and there were some perspectives and this is why I tell people it's like if you don't know and you want to understand go make a friend yeah go make a friend that's completely opposite to you have these conversations like you guys are here with somebody completely different views different opinions because that's the only way you're gonna really understand it but I mean where I was getting at is like he told me from like his experiences and his perspectives of how it what it's like and what he has to live through and for me i take that like i take all those types of things to heart because i'm definitely a people person but understanding like wow you're like you're black but also you know you're gay it's it's a huge it's it's a huge difference other than just being black you know yeah and i think that's once i like started like really understanding that i was like okay like there's some more things I even need to learn and I'm still learning in the LGBT community, even as a person like recently, you know, changing my orientation. So, you know, being educated, being understanding that this is all one in the same. Like, I love now that this whole thing is being referred to as like civil rights movements yeah. because that's exactly what yeah, it is. For sure. You know, if we definitely like get lost in like translation with like these keywords that they want to use and you know specific things that are said, but like people are completely looking past that now, and and I think it's just like a huge step. Yeah, Paul, you have anything now? No, no, no. Just listening to insight from. Uh, You're listening person. so much. Are you okay? I'm good, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, man. I'm good. From uh, Nancy, I don't know why, I want to call you Neri. I don't know, Neri. It's Nancy, right? Yeah, Nancy. <laughs> I don't know where they are. So, Nancy and Kirsten and uh, Selena, with, uh, with these protests coming together and uh, 
I like what you said, the freaks and geeks are going to come out. Everybody was there. Yeah, I saw so. I saw a theater kid. Well, I knew it was a theater kid because the sign said, do you hear the people sing, sing the song of Angry Man? I was like, oh, shit, the theater kids came out? <laughs> <laughs> you know this real. Like, <laughs> it's like, they don't never leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, just listening. That's. I mean, I'll talk if, if I want to say something, but just listening to y'all's insight and what's happened these past couple of weeks here in Lubbock. So, I don't watch the news. I mean, I didn't know about that homeless dude. I didn't know. Uh, I just don't. If I'm going to get my news, I get it from Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so, or podcast. Well, and there's not a lot of people from Lubbock that are on Twitter. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I didn't know that stuff. Yeah. I just don't care for the news too much, man. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll inform myself. I'll educate myself on what I want, what I want to know about. Other than that, nah, I don't want someone feeding me. Well, I mean, Paul... Uh... Like, Paul is, like, prideful and combative as he sometimes is. He genuinely does listen whenever whenever you express... Like, he is empathetic to a point. Like, he's kind of an asshole. No, I am an asshole. I'm a nice asshole, man. There's... there's I mean... But yeah, he's a nice asshole. Like... I mean, with some of the stuff y'all said here, I mean, I don't agree with everything y'all said. But, I mean, you can say it. And we don't have to agree. We, I've said this, we've said this numerous times. We don't have to agree. I'd rather you not agree with me. I'd rather you not view everything the way I do. Because uh, I think it'd be pretty fucking boring. I don't... Right. But you're going to say it. And, well, say it. I encourage you to say it. Yeah. So, um, but but what I think, what I feel, I don't... Right now, I just... Nah. Nah. What, what, it's, it's... This is, uh, this is an opportunity for, for, for you people to say what it is that's on your mind. And, uh, and I appreciate you saying it. So there's uh, some stuff I learned here and uh, stuff I take away, and uh, I'm I'm always wanting to learn. I'm always I'm always willing to wanting to. I want to expand my mind. My mother-in-law says too much information is not a good thing. <laughs> I, I disagree with her. I, I'm, I'm always yeah. I'm always taking in information, so I, I enjoy it. And like I said, I'm gonna walk away here with uh, with with some insights, some information that I didn't know before. And so thank you guys for that. Guys, can I say guys, people? What I don't know. Is that gender neutral? Yeah, I mean it's neutral to me for sure. Yeah, I feel like it's pretty neutral. Like, all right, dudes, you know, like dudes, all right, buddies, (laughs) pals. That's what I got. He's being so quiet. This has never happened before. I'm like kind of surprised. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's important that we just continue to like listen to each other. And as much as I don't want to listen to like white republican people and their opinions i know that like i have to do that like if i want them to listen to me i'm gonna have to listen to them but then it's i don't know it's hard to argue with people on facebook and stuff but i mean like you're an empathetic person paul's an empathetic person even though like paul tries to act like he's not but he really is if you come at me with some horse shit right i don't care what it is i'm not talking about whatever we're talking about right here i'm not talking about these subjects right you come at me with something um i'm gonna meet you with that same with the same amount of energy, I don't, I don't want to. I mean, I'd rather not. Yeah. I'd rather try to resolve it. But but if you come at me, like, remember on Spinal Tap, y'all probably don't. But he's like, well, to eleven, right? Yeah, because, to eleven. So if, if if you take it up to eleven, well, my first instinct is, all right, motherfucker, I'm gonna take it to eleven too. Oh shit, I'm gonna try to push it to twelve. Yeah. Fuck you and fuck what you stand for then. Right. Because you came at me all retarded. Then part I should maybe I shouldn't say eh. you came at me all fucking stupid. So no, fuck you. Right. I'd rather not. And with stuff on Facebook and, and, and Twitter, 
man, this just, to me, it seems pointless. And I understand there's a lot yeah. of information out there. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of traction that can be made with these movements, with these thoughts, with these ideas. But for me, I see it like, damn, these motherfuckers wasting their time. And I'm wasting my time, too, because I'm out there looking at the stupid shit. <laughs> right. You know? Like, I want to make, make jokes about dick and coffee and my wife and stuff, you know? And, and you know, right now, I'm like, I am uh, people, it's, it, to me, it seems... So I'm just not. I'm just not doing any of that right now. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I appreciate you. I appreciate, again, I keep on saying this, I appreciate the insight and um, just some of, the, some of the stuff I didn't know about. Some of the phrases, some of the terms, uh, the movements. You talked about laser, right? I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't know that. I never heard that. Yeah. And so it, I, I'm, I'm, I am appreciative of that. I, I will hear your side. And if... I don't agree just because I don't agree with everything doesn't mean I want to hear what you doesn't mean I don't want to hear what you have to say. I do want to hear it. I want to become informed. I want to become educated in that, like you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And because some people might see it like if 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 we don't agree on a certain subject, I want to know what it is about that subject that that I don't agree with that 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 you're coming at me with that that you have in your in your repertoire in your art. So I'm always looking at that like if. Like, if it's a video game, you know, like if I was playing video games or something and you were always whooping my ass at that game, well, I'm going to put in the time to, to to make sure I become proficient at that game, whatever it is, so that whenever it comes time, so maybe I shouldn't even look at it like that, like combative, but I, I'm not combative. Well, I mean, you're I just, like be. you said earlier, you're just trying to educate yourself and figure out, like, how do you counter, because it's, it's the same thing, like, I've been trying to do, and I'm sure a lot of people have been trying to do, mm-hmm. they've trying to, they're trying to educate themselves so that whenever these discussions are brought up, they have the words and yeah. they have the material that they're able to kind of cite to, you know, either help prove their point right. or help, like, help yeah. their side of the argument. Mm. But, I mean, just the fact that you're willing to listen, right. a lot of people aren't. But in person, in person, it's a lot different because these people that I know online, they wouldn't tell me this shit in person. Not right. that they tell me now because I'm not even putting myself out there yes. right now. But yes. for me, I don't, I, this is me. This is what you get. You get this Paul 24 hours, seven days a week, except whenever I'm asleep, right? And I've been sleeping, you know, quite a bit lately. But uh, it, this is this is who I am, and you're not gonna come at me like this. And again, Selena, I'm not saying Nancy, I'm not saying I'm some badass because I'm not. Because this is me who I'm all the time, and I'm just not gonna put myself out there on Facebook like I yeah. like I had in the past. Uh, I don't know, four or five years, because I don't want to devote that amount of time and energy to arguing with somebody because then it's going to come into name calling and when it comes to that online i gotta be pg with that shit but i'm still going to try to do my best to hurt your yeah. fucking feelings so <laughs> yeah. so i don't want to do that i've got better stuff i can do man i can be riding a bike i can be eating some avocado toast and some shit i can be <laughs> working on a stool i can be doing some kettlebell <laughs> stuff hey i, I don't want to put that time yeah. into you man so whenever i see it and i start going down this path on facebook into it i'm like oh fuck let me get off this shit man yeah. Because yeah. it starts to it starts to trigger something to me that wants to combat that, that wants to talk shit, that wants to say, hey, do you want you to just shut the fuck up? And then bring it whatever it is and bring my own my own incidents that have happened with whatever it is you're talking about. But yeah. what am I gonna gain from that? Nothing. Not on Facebook. Mm-hmm. From here, I've right. gained something. I've gained something. Had I seen your post 
on Facebook, if we're Facebook friends and you're talking about something like that, well, like you said, your friends are like, oh, there goes Nancy again. I don't know yeah. if I'd be like, okay, well, there goes Nancy again. Maybe I'd see a first few lines and then, yeah. Uh, but here in person, I'm not going to be a dick to you. I'm not going to be rude to you. Why yeah. am I going to be that way? We, yeah. we just met. I'm give you, I'm going to, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. So, yeah, appreciate that, Kirsten. And, and it also just seems like you're very open person no problem of course but like uh i think it ties into a lot like back to like how so many other movements and civil rights are like in this right now i think the reason why this is so unique is because so many different generations are in this right now because it's like for you for example you know what's right and what's wrong you have to educate you know your son on what to do so initially you're already a part of it Mm -hmm. you know you already feel a certain way about it and like in your perspective, like, oh, I'm not with this, like, social media mm-hmm. stuff. Like, it just it's just a waste of energy. Like, I totally mm-hmm. get that. Like, my dad, he understands what's right and what's wrong, too. But, like, he can't do the social media stuff, mm-hmm. you know? But I think it just shines a light on social media because it shows, like, how close connected we can be. Right. Yeah. And collectively show, right. like, directly from the source. Like, we're communicating like as if we're all one right you know and and so like you have these people that like gen z for example who's like social media and networking is a part and ingrained this is how they they grew up in really holding everyone accountable you know and millennials are in the same one that are pretty progressive right now just, just holding everybody accountable your business can't hide. You yeah. yourself can't hide. Nobody can hide. And that's in like a big thing in the group right now. And Laser is just like sharing businesses that say that they, they showed like r- either said like racial slurs or against yeah. certain like people. So, so many businesses in Lubbock right now are being exposed, you know, about how they feel and what these business owners, because everybody at this point needs to be held accountable. And I think that's why it's so unique that you see these small towns protesting because you're really getting to the root of everything now. And people are like, okay, we have to speak up. No one, you know. But, yeah, had to add add to that because I feel like social media has been, like, a big Mm -hmm. contributor. Because for me, like, I wouldn't have felt as intense if I didn't follow the Minneapolis riots, I guess you could say it. Because I like I I kid you not the night that that those that protest was happening, I was I got off work. And then there was people live streaming in the protest. And that's yeah. automatically how I started. I think it was like around f- maybe six or something. And I was watching that up until like past midnight. Because you see these people get attacked. You see them. And this is all like in the beginning stages. Yeah. And I think seeing that, I was just like, what the fuck? You know, like, yeah. like this is something that For means. Sure. And then you have like the this like police force and gear and all these other kinds of things. None of it was like making sense. And I knew yeah. then and I was just like, okay, this is something that's just like, this is real yeah. right here, you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, social media is definitely radicalizing a lot of people. Like I was before, kind of before all this stuff happened just recently, I was the kind of person like, everything is fine in my life there's nothing really wrong like i'm good i'm not really facing that much disadvantage so i'm not really gonna get involved yeah i'm gonna sign some petitions online whatever i'll donate a little money but like i'm not trying to like i'm not trying to go anywhere i'm not really trying to confront anybody about it but like i saw the live streams on twitter of the things that were happening to people i was like all this stuff has has radicalized me yeah because like i before i was able to kind of ignore it 
because it wasn't like in my face all the time. But now that I'm seeing it, now that I'm exposed to it, I'm like, I had like, I really didn't know a lot of this stuff was happening. Like I thought, I thought it was happening to a degree, but I didn't think it was happening to the extent that it's actually fucking happening. Yeah. And like that has had a, that's had a huge uh, impact on me. And it's like, it's changed the way I've approached all this stuff. Like, and like some of my, I was talking to my, one of my friends a couple weeks ago and they were like, we didn't even know there were protests in town because of their, like, because their social media feed, yeah. they don't have, like, I'm, a, I'm friends on Facebook uh, with a lot of artists and stuff. And like you were saying earlier, artists tend to be kind of more sympathetic to these causes for social justice and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so I was seeing a lot of it kind of from the beginning. And I think, I don't remember who invited me to the protest group, but like I was, I was in there pretty early. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people that were like a part of, but I was like this, my feed that I'm seeing of all these things is not similar to what my friends are seeing. Yeah. Cause I know my friends like, and I know my friends' friends, they're just sharing pictures of their kids or they're sharing pictures of like the, you know, they're out at a bar or whatever. Like it's social media does have a lot to do with that. Let me ask you this, Nancy, you talked about exposing businesses and then what's the end result of that? Expose them and then what? Putting them out of business. Put them out of business. Yeah, and that's probably like a hateful thing to say. or But to me, it's like either you're going to change your perspective and try to educate yourself or there's no place of business for you. So agree with what Laser agrees with. It's more of like educate yourself. Mm-hmm. And then make a decision because I feel just like don't be such a racist. Mm-hmm. What's like yeah, like be a good person because I because I think like what was it? There was T Mart or something. I could be wrong. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But <laughs> you know, there was one place where they specifically said you know the owner specifically said you know all black women steal. Mm-hmm. So I specifically don't want to hire black women. Mm-hmm. And then I think. When they moved on from that, maybe people had found out over time they did hire, I guess, black women. I'm not, I'm not sure on the particulars, mm-hmm. but then they wouldn't be anywhere near the cash register. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like everyone needs to be held accountable as much as the police do mm-hmm. because then that's just going to spark hate. Because it's like if you have a person that has money who's also racist, mm-hmm. like what's going to come out of that? So is there a road yeah. to redemption in that or is it just put them I, out of business because I think there is. meet I, hate yeah. with That's, hate or what? The, yeah. the first step is admitting you have a problem, right? Like the first step to is who? admitting you have, what do you mean? Well, admit to who? Admit to, to yourself. To yourself, I, really. Okay. Like well, to admit that you have re- these deep-seated right. prejudices and the road to redemption is for, like, for you to understand that you have that and to understand why being prejudiced against people of color or gay people or, like, being mm-hmm. prejudiced against people is wrong and you shouldn't treat people that way because, really, these, like, that guy's prejudice against black women. Probably mm-hmm. that's not right. So it's, he needs to see that, like, that's an incorrect thought. And it, it kind of all feeds back into this whole thing of, like, just where, like, you have to combat these racist thoughts that you have within yourself and within your immediate community because those racist thoughts are Mm -hmm. what lead to groups like the KKK. Mm -hmm. Like it's what leads to this idea of white supremacy. It all feeds back into this beast of, of white supremacy basically. But I think there is a road to redemption. Like I know, like there's this whole thing about like cancel culture, especially now. And I think part of it isn't good because I do think some people are trying to correct their behavior um, like when you pull up a 10-year-old tweet or something like that, like I think it's important to pull up that tweet 
and to prove to, like to show people like this is what you said then and it's wrong and it's important that you know that it's wrong and that you apologize for it don't double down like paul would do but <laughs> apologize to who to the public to apologize to public tweet to laser i don't to think who? i don't think it's about apologizing to everybody i think it's about apologizing for your behavior to who to society to society i guess society. i don't know just yeah i mean I it's feel- it's my bad don't mean to interrupt no you're good good i feel like a lot of it is just being honest with yourself mm-hmm. i feel like a like obviously the root of a lot of things here is we're miseducated or undereducated mm-hmm. you know we're manipulated or we're whitewashed you know and so there's so many things to these factor and like to get down to the root of it all it's just being genuinely honest with yourself because there's no way in this world some like little five-year-old kid or not even five there's no way in this world like a three-year-old little baby is thinking these things and wanting you know what i don't like black people so these is these are because it's so systematic I just, like, beg people to, like, please learn, please hold yourself accountable, because if I was feeling a certain way, uh, like, crazy scenario, if I felt a certain way about Asians, you know, I would want people I love to call me out on my shit, in, in all honesty, and I know not everybody's like that, you know, people can see that and be like, oh, that seems like it's an attack, because that has to do with, like, pride and ego. And that's, like, the big issue here is taking down all those layers of, like, pride and ego and understanding it's just, like, but do you really think that's true in all your heart? Do you really think, you know, all black women steal? Do you really think that, like, whatever it is to a race, to a sexual orientation, to even, like, the stereotypes of, like, a kid and an adult. Like, even then there, there's whole things within that. You know, they get treated differently. But, like, a kid's a person, too. They need to be treated with respect as much as of an adult. You know, so it goes all kinds of ways. But I, but for me, it's definitely just about, like, like yourself, honesty, and everybody being on the same page about it. Because I kid you not, when I was hitchhiking, I think we were in Omaha. No, 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 no. We were somewhere in Oklahoma, and this might have been it was either hitchhiking or traveling in the van but we had met this group of white guys and they were working on their car and they ended up asking my friend for help fortunately he was a mechanic you know and we got into discussion like after and come to find out these guys were like aryan brothers their heads were like no and i didn't think about that of course at the time i was just like oh here's these white guys you know but like all honesty with us like hey you know we are Aryan brothers we have like nothing against you guys we just believe that like we should preserve our race and it was you know taught just in that manner mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm definitely not a person that's like ah oh, you shouldn't say this or like whatever mm-hmm. whatever but like there's definitely a way to be honest with yourself and express yourself as much as like anybody else because if it was a black person or if it was us expressing ourselves a certain way being loud it's like we're already demonized and that's how ingrained it is you know yeah. whereas a white person being loud doing something else oh well, let me you know let me throw this out there so like if there's someone someone owned a restaurant and and i didn't care for that person for whatever reason i'm not going to frequent that restaurant i'm not going to give that person my money yeah. fuck that person i don't like him so with laser is is it put him out of business with with not 
not frequenting that business, not giving money to that business, not going there? Yeah. Or is it is it is it like protest or is it is it um, are you putting stuff out there on on social media publicly saying this person's a racist or we believe this person's a racist mm-hmm. or what is it? What, I think it's they put out of business. I think it's, well, the goal is, of course, not, like, to put them out of business, okay. you know. It's more just, like, like holding people accountable. And I think a lot of, like, Laser's not necessarily about, like, oh, businesses only. Mm-hmm. It's more about combating, like, racism. Mm-hmm. But I think a big part of that is letting the community know, hey, this is something that doesn't fit in a community that we think would be peaceful and run, you know, the right. way we would like it. And to put someone on blast, essentially, yeah. would hold them accountable for either their beliefs or what it is. Because like you said, oh, we can be here in real life mm-hmm. and not know, you know, this person's racist or this person's, like, discriminative against who, you know, what. So when you put it on that platform... It just brings an awareness to the community. And in a sense, it's activism. Because mm. it's like, we're not trying to, we're not bashing it, it you know, or making lies or starting yeah. gossip. We're These not are saying just like, go and burn down this business. We're just yeah, saying, hey, maybe yeah. don't go here because we shouldn't support this train of thought. And I think at the end of the day, it's to, to show, like, business owners or people that are racist. What I think you're trying to say, excuse me if I'm putting words in your mouth, is like, at the end of the day, we need to treat, like, everybody needs to treat everybody, like, with respect. Like, treat others the way you want to be treated. And if you're espousing these racist beliefs, you are not treating people with the love and respect that that you would want to be treated with and that everybody deserves. Yeah, exactly. Like, to me, it just kind of all goes back to the golden rule. Like, don't... You shouldn't really generalize people and you shouldn't discriminate against people for whatever the issue is. Like, you just shouldn't discriminate against people. It's just, I think most people can agree that discrimination is wrong and to to even have to argue about why it's wrong seems kind of crazy to me well okay. it's not and i'm not saying I'm not, i don't even know who these people are i don't know whether was it was there's a few there's a also lot of questions also their veggie burgers suck so. there's a lot of questions go through my <laughs> like like was this person throwing this out was this person speaking this publicly was he was it was this for public consumption like with my mother-in-law she has a, she has a business and and she, if there was a, if there was a white dude who wanted to apply for the secretary position that she had, she probably wouldn't have hired him because she wanted a Spanish speaker. Typically, yeah, but that's about like qualifications female. of a job. Well, it's but that's a that's kind of a discrimination right there because she was looking specifically for. I mean, we it's well, I mean that's like saying like it's discrimination if you won't hire me to be a teacher because I don't have a teacher certification. What I mean, I, I don't. I'm, is it the same thing? Well, if she wants somebody that speaks Spanish, mm-hmm. I think that goes like that's just what she wants for her business. She mm-hmm. wants somebody who's bilingual so that she can better serve her clientele. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that. I mean, I doubt Woody's is trying to hold KKK rallies at their restaurant. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think that's the situation, but I think it's. I it's, think I think it goes in a perspective like. If you were a white man mm-hmm. applying for this job right. and you know what the qualifications are right. and the fact she's a Mexican woman, it's like, what can that person do to impress her? Right. So if that was the case, go to her and speak Spanish. You know, like this is this is where like, you know, Caucasian white people or whatever, 
need to really think about those things. Those things are going to make statements to people. And I think it's within those realms instead of thinking like on the other side, understanding that it's just like, you know, people need to be held accountable, you know, and then people need to reach out and learn and like understand more, you mm. know, because I feel like if that was the case, you know, if I was white and doing that, oh, what's a way to break the ice? Oh, let me just come in here and yeah. like speak Spanish. And maybe that could like come off bad and then itself, but you know, I I feel like that's totally understandable. If I have a business, I'm not gonna walk on eggshells for anybody. It's uh, if I'm yeah. putting out a service, it's just it's a service I'm provide. I don't care who you are, what you are, and I feel that, and I don't have a business. I'm a truck driver, but who I tend to hire, that's I mean, I'm not gonna be saying, oh, I'm not gonna hire. Uh, uh, Asian people because of whatever reason. I'm not going to hire Mexican yeah. because of whatever. Yeah. If, well, and I don't know if it even reflects their um, their hiring process or anything like that. I just feel like you have to... And, and this maybe is weird, but like I think you can be racist in your own house if you want to be racist in your own house. But I feel like once you start putting that on social media, yeah, people are going to call you out on it. Yeah, you're a dumbass if you put that out there on social yeah. media. Yeah, I'm like, you should probably just not idiot. put it on. Like, believe what you want to believe, I guess. If you're you you're those... wrong and you're hateful, but don't put it on social media. Like, you know what's going to happen. Yeah, you can't pretend to be it. a victim. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With whatever business it was, if you're, if you're saying this, well, that's... I mean, just keep it to yourself. I don't know, man. But then people are saying, well, don't you want these people to be open? You know what? I don't give a fuck. That's his business. That's my business. That Do what the fuck you're going to do. If I need something from you, and I know you're racist, I know you don't like Mexicans, let's say I know you, you discriminate. Fuck, dude, if if they make a pretty damn good burger, I'm like, well, <laughs> fuck, son of a bitch. I'm not going dis- to deny myself this because this motherfucker don't like Mexicans. Hey, dude, there's, there's, here's, a, here's a $10 Mexican bill, whatever it is. I don't, but that's just me. It's, it's, maybe yeah. it's because I'm 41. Maybe it's because, um,. Well, and too, like, racism is kind of just, like, a fact of life. Like, it's, you can't, if you were to not eat at an establishment that had racist employees or racist employers or owners or whatever, you'd probably be stuck eating at home. I'd probably look, I'd look forward but, to going to but, that place. I mean, going, like, Dick's you, in it's, San Antonio. It's, in it's like you were saying, like, you, if you put it on social media, people are, there's you, gonna be a huge backlash. You're there's, an idiot if you do that. And maybe, like, hopefully... Hopefully something like that, like Nancy was saying, challenges you to hold yourself accountable for your for your racist beliefs. Like, it's it's crazy to even say, like, I have a right to my opinion. I don't, I mean, yeah, you have a right to your opinion, mm-hmm. but you have to understand if you're racist, that's wrong. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. you, there's no, there's no debating whether or not racism is wrong and to say, like, well, that's just my opinion. Yeah. If your opinion is racist, you're wrong. Like, there's no, yeah. I don't know why that's a debate. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. yeah. And that, like... I've never, I haven't been, like, quote-unquote, woke my whole life. Uh-huh. I fucked up Vegas pronouns, like, 18 times just uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. But, like, I'm just, like, I'm not used to it. I hope they forgive me. Like, I I try to, like, and I, I told Paul, too, whenever we originally talked to Vega, I was like, you have to make sure you use the right pronouns, and I'm over here fucking them up. Um, well, it's, like, it's like saying sexism is wrong. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, but if I feel a certain way about women, I mean, am I going to say that to everybody? Am I going to put that on social media? No, man. Yeah. I'm not. Am I going to tell my wife that? Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. But if I throw it, if I go out there just espousing this horse shit like that, then I'm a fucking idiot and I deserve whatever I come, whatever comes at yeah. me. Yeah. But, I mean, I think, because, like, I, 
I mean, I grew up, I loved watching Law and Order. I loved yeah. watching true crime documentaries. Right. I used to watch Cops and all that kind of shit. Like, <laughs> I had, I, but I'm realizing now, like, all this stuff has been indoctrina- indoctrinated in right. me since I started watching television. Like, I didn't, I didn't know all of this. I've had to learn it. I'm still fucking up. I'm still not really, like, yeah, firm in a lot of things, but I think it's, it's important to challenge yourself that way and to try to correct your your misbeliefs and to get to the actual truth of the matter and not just what somebody told you is the truth Mm -hmm. i feel like it's definitely like a snowball effect of just like america being so young and Mm -hmm. things being like instilled in us our generations like being instilled with those things Mm -hmm. because what was I going? Be- because like we can, we can sit by and just be like, oh well, I'm not gonna eat at Chick Fil A because these clear things that are wrong. Uh huh. But it's like, what is a chicken sandwich gonna do? Like I could find another chicken sandwich somewhere else. Yeah. You know, like these. I feel like you know, if I collect, um, if I throw my plastic shopping bag in the trash and it doesn't get recycled like if i go out of my way to make sure it does get recycled like what's really gonna happen you know like nothing like my some some of my energy will be taken away but is it worth it i think so you know and and i'm and i'm definitely like a firm believer that we've gotten into like so used to like this instant gratification Mm -hmm. type of culture Mm because america is definitely like built on that that you know, we can just, like, brush it off and, like, it's not a big deal, you know, if we don't support this or if we do support that. But I'm a firm believer within all reality, like, it does all make a sense. You know, Walmart wouldn't be the beast that it was if it wasn't for slave labor, you know? And right. and, it, and it ties into a bunch of, like, this could go on forever about yeah. big corporations and how screwed up, but I'm definitely, like, a firm believer in, like, if I don't have to eat at a place, if this takes a little bit out of my day, like... Creating new habits is never a bad thing. You know, right. creating good habits right. is never. And I and I in like the most simplest form of like changing it is like my mom. She like raised me eating wheat bread. So now I like don't eat any other bread. You know, and it, it it's something as small as that. You know, it sucks at first, and and you know you have to not necessarily that you have to do that, but like I feel like it just just encourages you to be more aware and Mm. make more mindful decisions and being mindful i think is a big thing right now because we're in an instant gratification culture and also like we're in like a vicious culture at the same time you know but yeah well and and also too it kind of comes back and it i mean it ties into the protesting thing that we were talking about it also ties into the the stuff that involves uh covid19 it's like it's not just about you yeah the only way we're all going to get through this is if we do it together. Yeah. And that's the only way, like, we're going to have an opportunity for everybody to really live up to this American quote-unquote standard of, like, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all. Mm-hmm. This has been, like, two and a half hours. Yeah, it's like... kind of a lot. Um, <laughs> I feel like we touched on a lot of uh, subjects. Um, I want to thank Nancy and, and Kirsten for talking to us and kind Definitely. of explaining yeah, of like how the protest came about. And I like to thank Paul for shutting the fuck up, literally for once. I'm so surprised. I'm so shocked. I can't even like. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but, Tone policing. 
Uh, thank you guys for kind of listening to like each of our viewpoints and for sharing your viewpoints with us and helping to kind of, um, cause like our audience for the show, half of them, well, I would say like 40% of them lean left and probably 60% of them lean right. Like a lot of, okay. um, so that's why, I mean, that's part of why people like our show. That's kind of what our show is about is, is giving people an opportunity to hear two people that are kind of from opposite, mm-hmm. opposite sides of the like life experience or whatever and for them to be able to empathize with both of us yeah to show that like we're all like we all have a story to tell we all have our own experience but at the end of the day we can be friends and we can come together and we don't have to deal with each other with hate or like i don't know i'm not trying to be like an all lives matter person but like i just want like, I just wish people were more empathetic and they were able to have discussions like this. Yes. That they weren't so combative and defensive and just aggressive. Like, I just, I don't know. That's such a, like, yeah. I guess a pipe dream. That's such a stupid thing to say, but... Um, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, def- I feel like it definitely makes sense. And I feel like a lot of it's just tied into, you know, this is America and nobody wants to be vulnerable. Nobody wants to be sensitive. Yeah. Nobody wants to be any of those things. Yeah. So you automatically get, like, defensive people and you know confused feelings basically i don't know this has been a long discussion (laughs) uh yeah i just want to thank you guys for for being on here um thank you for inviting you know us yeah thank you guys for involving us in this usually we have a lot more jokes um (laughs) but i just feel like because me and paul have been talking about this like we haven't really done a whole lot of shows during this whole pandemic and during like the kind of civil rights movement that's going on right now because it seems out of place Mm -hmm. to produce comedy that's unrelated to Mm -hmm. what's going on Mm -hmm. like it seems like very tone deaf not to talk about it but at the same time i didn't want it to just be me and paul talking about it yeah because i don't know everything paul like paul doesn't know everything like we but like i just wanted people here that had different perspectives so that because because you see that a lot in social media like people that aren't necessarily people of color people that aren't necessarily disadvantaged talking about how it affects them personally but that's not really what this is about and that's not what we're trying to say like yes it does affect me yes i do want to be part of this movement but it's not i know that it's not about me and i wanted people to be here that just had a better grasp on on what's going on i definitely appreciate it you know and and vega too you know cool 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 tight 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 um (laughs) i don't know paul anything to add no that's it you uh, like like what you said last yeah it's yeah, <laughs> just that's it. Because <laughs> I'm gonna say the same shit you just said. Break. <laughs> some, some, some Rodney King, can't we all just get along type stuff? So he was right. <laughs> yeah. Be nice if we could all treat each other like brothers and sisters the way that we're supposed to. But, but, but exactly, yeah, that part. Yeah. <laughs> Kirsten, do you have anything uh, you want to add? If you guys want to promote your social media pages, Nancy is is a musician. Mm-hmm. Do you do other? forms of art um i i do paint and whatnot haven't you know been solely focusing on that right like slowly getting back in there because i used to showcase a lot but um yeah on itunes spotify soundcloud all that you can find me at nancy glitterati um social medias you can find me on nancy pinche and (laughs) (laughs) uh, but yeah um so all my music will be on there so Kristen, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Sorry, I've just been listening. No, you're good. Um, no, I don't really, I don't have anything that I want to promote or anything, but 
Okay. Thank you guys for letting me join in on this, and y'all have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Thank you for sharing your experience and for fighting your family. It's hard, but it's important. (laughs) It's hard, but I'll keep doing it. They said that with a fist too. Fighting your family. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it's really like it's you're fighting them because it comes from a place of love. Yeah. So I mean, I I kind of get. I I do sometimes. It like stirs up a lot of different emotions inside me because I do sometimes feel like just because that like of who, how my family is, how I was raised, and because I am white, I feel like it comes across as not genuine. I wanted to say that earlier when you guys were talking about it, but um, I didn't want to interrupt anybody. So it does stir up a lot of mixed emotions inside me because I I know that I'm genuine, but. I don't. I feel like sometimes people take take away from it that I'm not being genuine. Right. I think a lot of people have that insecurity. Like they don't want to be seen. Like they're like virtue signaling. Like Paul said. Or like I don't know if you guys had seen this video. There was this white girl with a sign, and she was just like out at a protest, pretending to walk so that she could get pictures for her social media. Mm-hmm. And I do think I there. Did see that. I yeah. Yeah, it's like, I do think there are some people out there like that, unfortunately. But um, I mean, hey, you got the sign. I guess that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's important that's cool but i mean yeah it's it's important to be genuine about it and to for you like i mean you're helping organize protests you're helping uh put together like community movements and stuff like that i think that definitely proves that you're you're genuine yeah but i mean i understand the insecurity oh yeah i think um vega uh was it kirsten was it like in the chat or something or no maybe it was at the protest i can't remember i think it was at the protest but they were just straight up like do any of you guys feel like you're not contributing enough to this? And I thought it was crazy that they said that because it's like, that's exactly how I felt. Like once we start, we're, we're having subcommittees, we're like, you know, NAAPs, like all the, all this kind of stuff. And still like, I'm stuck here. Like, oh, I don't know what my place is. I have, like, I have all the faith and belief in the world and still on some type of level, I feel like I have no idea what's going on. You know? And a lot of that of course ties into like my mental health, but just saying that and having people be aware and understanding, like, you know, it's, it's a mentally exhausting thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and you just got to keep going despite yeah. anything and just look at the root of the situation, you know? Yeah. And I know a lot of people are kind of feeling like helpless, like, what can I do? But it's like, there's, you can just sign petitions if that's what you want to do for like an hour a day. You're already on your phone all day anyway. Just yeah, exactly. spend like 15 of those minutes signing petitions. Yes. If you have a little extra money, donate some money. If you want to, I mean, there were people that were like, I can't go to the protest because. I'm immunocompromised or whatever so they brought water they brought snacks there's a thousand things you can do and it's I know a lot of us tend to feel helpless right now but just I mean even just being vocal on Facebook and talking to your family about it like everybody has a place in the movement not everybody has to be out there rah 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 like yeah exactly I think understanding that like um you know just in my head it's like so much talk but an understanding that yeah you you like don't have to be there and like yeah. you're you're even an activist by like talking to your family about these matters you right. know you're an activist disagreeing with your family and giving you know being easy on yourself pretty much yeah okay um i think we're all pretty exhausted yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah i don't have anything to promote just i'm not saying that like people need to shit like sit shit 
um, sit down and shut up. I think people need to stand up and listen and just try their best and, I don't know, be nice to somebody. That's, like, just be nice to people. Why is that so hard? <laughs> Why is that so hard? We have to be such a dick. Just be nice. Right. You gotta be all racist to people on Facebook. Just be nice. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. But it's a good way to end. I feel like I have nothing else to... <laughs> That's a good way to end. I feel like I have nothing else to add. I don't know. Don't be Been an a asshole. little discombobulated, but it like there's so there's we could literally do this podcast yeah. for like ten days with how much <laughs> how much it ties into, and we right. didn't like I want to talk about propaganda, and I was like I, we're not I can't get into that right now, um, <laughs> but I do want to ask kind of a fun silly question before you guys go. Uh, it's a question that I used to ask on on our interview podcast before things got so serious. But if if there was one TV or movie universe you could live in, what would it be? TV or movie universe? Paul, do you have one? Shit. Sopranos. Yeah? Yeah, the only Mexican in there. There wasn't (laughs) one on a construction crew. Yeah, but they're Puerto Rican over there. I mean, shoot, I'm 8%, so I guess. (laughs) Sopranos. Do you have one in mind? Um, Movie or... um, Crazily enough, the 1980s legend movie. And mainly because it, like... I'm big into fantasy. I love fantasy. Mm-hmm. But, like, that just boils down to, like, everything. You know, there's yeah. good and there's evil. Are you are you going to let the world, like, be, be you know, covered and coated with darkness? Yeah. Like, are, you know, so. And I and there's glitter all through that movie. <laughs> so I'm not even going to lie. Like, I would love that. Yeah. But, but, yeah, you know, I'd probably say that. Protect the unicorns and all that. Cool. <laughs> Cool. Kristen, do you have an answer? Yeah, I'm just, um, I would just have to say Adventure Time. There's no deep meaning, full reason nice. behind it. I just, I can, I watch it with my kids. I love time. it. They probably <laughs> shouldn't be watching it, but um, yeah, it's just fun and silly and trippy. And I don't know, it's just, I love it. Nice. Zelina, nice. what you got? Um, well, my answer used to be Harry Potter. And now that J.K. Rowling has, like, outed herself as a huge fucking turf, I can't really say that comfortably anymore. But if we're thinking about Harry Potter sans the writer, if you can separate that, the actual... (laughs) I I mean, I have dreams about being a fucking witch all the time. It's so stupid. Like, I used to, like, pretend to be one when I was a little girl, uh, like, casting spells and shit. Like, I used to know all the spells. Um, So that was, like, my previous answer. And I guess my current answer would be... um, you know, I really don't know. I don't know why I asked this question if I don't have an answer anymore. Um, I guess Boy Meets World. Mm. I really like that TV show. Uh, but um, Ooh, another one. <laughs> I know. I was like, I can't. There's no pure <laughs> art form. Um, yeah, I don't know. Oh, Princess Bride. Let's do that. I want to live in the Princess, Princess Bride. <laughs> you want to break down what's you wrong with that, that one, too? You keep saying that word. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't want to go there. I know. I um, heard that. I was like, eh. Yeah, I don't have a good answer. I don't think... What's a good... There's no right and wrong, so... I mean, I think there is. <laughs> um, I'm going to cut all this part out to make myself sound like I know what I'm talking about. That's the advantage of editing your own podcast. I was literally thinking for a minute. I was like, what am I going to say? Say you want to live in Alyssa like, Milano's like good... Twitter, Twitter handle. You want to know where you want to live in her Twitter feed. That'd be, that sounds good. Well... I mean, Avatar is pretty pretty unproblematic, right? I'm, I think I could say Avatar. That's pretty. That's a really good one. Well, I mean, not good, but <laughs> like it's the fact the that least... they fight back. I think. Yeah. Like when you watch that movie, you can't yeah. help but to feel like, 
moved and like yes you know also i'd love to be a bender that'd be pretty sick (laughs) i think i'd be a water bender i feel like that's because i'm like a cancer i'm like a water sign so i feel like do you know what Avatar is, Paul? Yeah, my son. Yeah, just because yeah. of, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, of him. So, yeah, no, nah, I stick with Sopranos, and uh, I'm yeah. not going to break down everything. Let's not talk about the misogyny and that. Because that's, that's the shit. Know. Tony Soprano. <laughs> Italians are racist, too. Son of a bitch, man. <laughs> Motherfucker makes me wish I was Italian. Even more so than Michael Corleone. That's well, let's it. talk about gang culture and policing again, because that's, there's your problematic point, Paul. Yeah, well, it's just my experience. I think when you have certain things glorified, you, you can't help but to be, like, attracted yeah, to it, you know? Yeah. I love it. I love the Sopranos. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, when I grew up reading Harry Potter, I didn't know she was a fucking turf. Like, yeah, I just I mean, grew up reading, like, this is, you know, good against evil. Slowly seeing the things that she has been sharing within the past few years, yeah. I mean, I kind of felt like that was, oh, well, of course she does, because she's been saying these kind of weird-ass stuff anyway. I just never really paid attention to the things that she said. Yeah. Like, I didn't ever think about... When I think about Harry Potter, I don't think about J.K. Rowling. Yeah. Like, I forget people who write books. I forget people who sing songs. I'm just like, oh, I like the song. But then I remember, I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to confront the artist, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to stop talking before I get canceled on my own podcast for <laughs> having enjoyed Harry Potter in the past. I don't know. <laughs> Some of a bitch. Just don't say just anything. Like, just, stop, stop, just stop. Just stop. Yeah. stop. <laughs> just stop while you can. Yeah. But Join, they're fighting against the Nazis now. Join me with the Sopranos, man. Let's just do that. Can, okay, what about... Uh, okay, we're going to... We all this stuff, but talk about tropes now. I know. Yeah. I regret this question entirely. <laughs> Shit, I'm I should have just said Avatar from the beginning just to pretend like... I don't know. That'll work. <laughs> I stand by legend and glitter. Just saying. <laughs> I, I guess all my faves are problematic. Jesus. Okay. Don't even get me started on Jesus. Right. Okay. That's that's enough. Uh, thank you guys. Sorry that I'm no, a good. problematic person no. with problematic faves. Uh, you guys have a good night. Thank yeah, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.